Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? No uh, ad on this episode, just a couple new tour dates. We have some Together at Last dates with uh, Rob Bell as well as some stand-up dates. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to be in Boston on uh, May 23rd. That's with Rob Bell at the Wilbur Theater. That's for Together at Last. It's basically a live version of the third act of this podcast. It's kind of like a live podcast. It's also part stand-up and part talking about reality. It's really, really fun. The shows have been so great. Thank you to everybody that's coming out. The rest of these are just live podcasts and stand-up dates. Uh, On June 12th and 13th, I will be in West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm going to be there with Brent Sullivan opening. He's so funny. Come on and check that out. It's going to be great at the Improv. Then we have a, uh, on July 9th, a live You Made It Weird in San Diego at the American Comedy Company. I'm going to be in Montreal again this year. That is on July 24th and 25th. We have a live You Made It Weird and stand-up dates as well, stand-up shows as well. And then on September 11th, I'm going to be in Houston uh, for the weekend at The Warehouse Live. All of those dates are on PeteHolmes.com, guys. Houston, Montreal, San Diego, West Palm Beach, Florida, Boston, Massachusetts. Come check it out. Uh, Only one uh, Together at Last show remaining uh, on the schedule right now. Hopefully we'll do a Midwest tour coming up soon. But in the meantime, hope to see you out at a stand-up date. In the meantime, enjoy the wonderful Kevin Nealon. He's so funny, so smart, such a great guy. We had a great time, recorded this just today, and really wanted to get it out as soon as possible. So, enjoy. Or should I say get into it? Do I normally say get into it? Yeah. Get into it. <laughs> Hello. Great pleasure to all guys. <laughs> that doesn't really work. Do not throw food away in here or I will kill you. It's a little extreme. This is not the time for me to clean out my car. <laughs> is that uh, car garbage? Um, garbage? It's all... Just leave it on the stairs. We got... Disposable except for the... This. Yeah. Do you mind sitting here? This is the uh, old guest yeah. chair. I gotta put money in the meter in an hour. There's nothing in the back. Parking? Really? Nothing. I circled three times. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I was, uh, I was like Sully, looking for a place to land. <laughs> I, I think about. Do you ever do that when you're landing? Do you have earphones? Where's Where's Kevin's earphones? Are these them? Yeah, these are them. Somebody fucked shit up. Is it these are them out. or these are they? These are whom? These are. <laughs> <laughs> do you say whom? Whom I do. I you do? Yeah. I never know if it's right. You know, if it's the right. You know way. it's right. Whom do you wish? Whom are you calling? <laughs> <laughs> like he answered the phone and they go, Charlie! Whom do you wish to speak with? To whom? To whom do you wish? <laughs> My initial question was when you're landing. I have to assume as a stand-up comedian, man. Are we? Have we? Started? Yeah, we we can start. Okay. Do you want? <laughs> oh, there's no official start. Who starts? Yeah. Start. Stop. Yeah, Begin. End. I. You know, actually, sometimes I do other people's podcasts, and they'll be like, "This is the wonderful Kevin Nealon," and it always makes me feel good. It's like when you pray. Yeah. It's like an excuse to be like, "Thank you, God, for Kevin and his humor." You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like a way for me to the opening of a show. It's like a, a little. Uh, you establish it. Yeah, yeah. I can establish it. But then it feels formal because then I, this is the moment, I'll point out the moment that I'm trying to avoid. Sitting with me is the wonderful Kevin Nealon. You know him as a stand-up comedian, an actor, 
SNL, weeds, <laughs> voice acting. Tall. Tall, 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. I have a high range of 5'8 to 6'4". <laughs> Depends on the part. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll do like a radio station or a podcast, and I think we've already started, so I'm giving all my good stuff, you know? Oh, and, and then, and then the guy not. goes, all right, let's get this going. You see, that's... <clears throat> exactly what I'm talking about. You go into like, uh, I, I'm not throwing Bob and Tom under the bus, but you'll be having this great time when the commercial's on. Yeah. Of course, you're talking about like your least favorite minorities. And then it comes <laughs> on and, and, and like suddenly it's very stale. <laughs> so who yeah. are your least favorite races? The least favorite. <laughs> um, but they're still my favorite. But they're just they're the still least. on the, li- yeah. the list of favorites. They're still the, just the least of my favorites. <laughs> it's like number five on the list of five. I was having a very, I thought, enticing conversation about your uh, overrated cuisines. Yeah. What do you think is the most overrated cuisine? This is with Kumail. Uh, well, he, I will tell you. He thinks Chinese food is the worst food. I'm just going to open it. He thinks it's I'll the I'll get worst more specific food. than that. Hit it. Um, the, um, I, I'm blanking out now on the, uh, on the name of it, but the mushrooms. Mushrooms. You know, the, the expensive mushrooms. Oh, like a portobello steak? No, no. Oh, the the uh, pigs sniff them out. This is like a oh, game show. Oh, truffles. Truffles, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's written on a pyramid behind yeah. me. Do I get $10,000? $10, I want it so bad. Yeah, truffles, I think, and uh, escargot. These are both two foods you've named that, are, that it's supposed to enhance your enjoyment knowing that it was difficult to get it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like escargot. We had to find these snails. When have you seen more than one snail? You know no, I mean? they're, they're loners. They're loners. <laughs> they are loners. <laughs> they're trying to meet up, but I mean, it they takes don't travel so long. in packs. No, a and pack of snails is actually called a booger. It's <laughs> <laughs> fun doing comedy. Also, I would think snails would have trouble like uh, being a fugitive because they leave that trail behind them. Absolutely, you know, trail. Oh, I'd love to be a snail detective. Because then I'd be like, he went that way, and he's like, he always knows. Yeah. But all the other snails, because their he- eyeballs are on the top of their head, they don't look down. I'm the only one looking down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. So you don't like truffles or escargot? Well, I, no, and I think they're overrated. I'll give you that. What about caviar? And they're overpriced, too. <laughs> yeah, caviar. Can we throw caviar, in caviar? throw that in there. Just yeah. crunchy, tiny marbles. Yeah. Tiny marbles for little babies. And, and also, uh, what is it? Is it mussels that people like? People like mussels. But you know what people really like? What? A white wine, oil, garlic reduction. Yeah. Nobody's ordering the mussels. No, no, they don't want the mussels. They're just embarrassed. Can I have like a Yoda pot, you know, like a small pot like that Yoda would use yeah. filled with a broth? I'd drink that as a beverage, but then I have to put these like weird fucking shell things in there to justify my desire to drink that. Yeah. And what is the um, aphrodisiac food? Oysters. Oysters, that's right. We're a good team. Yeah. Now, would oyster <laughs> crackers be considered aphrodisiac like in a pinch? They are for men made of bread. Okay. okay. <laughs> in a pinch, you could throw down a few oyster crackers and, and get not the. I've never felt the effects. People are always like, I eat oysters. You know, yeah. I, I used to eat oysters. I don't really eat them anymore. I think it's more the look of it. Well, it looks like a vagina. Resembles that. Yeah. It gets you thinking about the downstairs. With the hard shell, too? The hard shell? Yeah. That, we, that's part of the vagina? Well, most vaginas I've seen are encased in a shell, yeah. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Can we be honest that vaginas, you're a heterosexual male? Yes, sir. They're not, they're not always great. It's, Although, not, it's my... not exactly what you want. <laughs> That's true. You know what I'm saying? If you're a young boy and I go, design a woman exactly how you want, and I gave you 5,000 guesses on what the vagina would be like, that would probably be 5,001. I never would have thought it would be like that. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you really want something... Uh... There's really nothing there. It's you know, it's, it it's looks, inside out. It looks like it's spilling. 
Yeah. It's been guess s- smeared. Certain times of the month, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of a flow. It, it just looks, I'm not saying, look, balls, I just don't like the vaginas just do look like kind of like the same things we're working with, just like Vitamixed. Yeah, exactly. I don't care for that. It's almost I wish like, you were a third new thing. It's almost like God was in a hurry, and he couldn't quite finish ah, the women's ah, genitalia. Ah, he goes, I, I got to go. I got to go. He put a Photoshop filter on it, like a blurry <laughs> yeah. filter. He's like, ah, the lights will be off. Nobody's going to see. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you have a child. I do. You've seen the vagina get angry. You've seen it hulkify. I've pulled the child from a vagina. You pulled it out? Yeah, I You did, did it? Never did I expect to. Where was the doctor? The doctor was right behind me. What did he on say? On her phone. You- <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can't wait for this call. No, um, but here's the thing, Pete. I, I went, you know, dreading the um, notion that the doctor might ask me to cut the umbilical cord because yeah. I wasn't really going to want to be into that. Yeah, do you want to cut a human? Do not want to cut any kind of skin like that, yeah. no matter what it is. No. And, um, you know, I'm barely getting through the whole thing itself myself. You know, I'm, I'm breathing. Sure. I'm pretending I'm showing my wife breathing exercises. <sighs> you know, breathing with her, but I'm really breathing for myself. Secretly benefiting. Right. And then the doctor goes, here comes the head. You know, the head is popping out. It's kind of like a purplish gray rock with hair on it. I said, I don't know. I think that's always been there. <laughs> but um, but no, and, and she goes, look, you want to pull the baby out? And I, I couldn't say no. You yeah, know? I feel like you could. You could go, I just had Cheetos. Like you hold up your <laughs> Cheeto hands. I'm not, I'm not doctor ready. I could have, I guess, but you know. I'm I, with you. You can't I did no. pull. I pulled them out. What, what does that mean? I don't mean to be, you know, now we're talking about your wife's, uh, you know, area. But I'm just saying, did you have to kind of go in or did you grab the No, no, head? it came out. It came out. The doctor got it out. I, gave, I just kind of pulled it out. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just came out, and the first thing I saw, it had a penis. And I was yeah. so excited because uh, we didn't know what the sex was going to be. Uh-huh. And that's really the only time I've been excited to see a penis. <laughs> Except your own. Except my own. Every, every time. Every morning. <laughs> there he is. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you pulled him out. Was there kind of like a, like, did you there was, exclaim? Yeah. yeah. I screamed, yeah. and then the kid screamed. It was, was, he, was it breathing? Was he breathing? I don't. Well, it must have been if he screamed. Yeah, he must have been. Well, you know, maybe he didn't scream until she uh, cleaned out his mouth. I, I thought he did. It's funny how memory changes. No, he, I think I was the one that cleaned him out because I pulled him out by his mouth. I put my finger in his mouth and you pulled him out. You did not. You fish-hooked <laughs> like fish your son? Home. You fish-hooked your son? No, no. I just had him by the head. Um, <laughs> no, I just grabbed him by the head firmly. Yeah, you don't have kids, do you? No, I don't have children. I but think you'd I, be a great dad. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Why do you say that? Because you're like I'm a like, big kid. Yeah, like a roly-poly yeah. kind of fun no, man. No, I didn't say roly-poly. Oh, I didn't mean fat. <laughs> I, I kind of meant roly-poly, meaning like I'm always rolling and pulling Yeah, you're, you're easy. Um, but you know what? You're like, um, you would be like a kid with a kid. And they yeah, love that. They like and I'm the, trying to be that way more. You know, like kids love video. They want to be on the video all the time. Like Minecraft, video? Every, oh, yeah, yeah. Any video kind games, of video. Sure, Skylander, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's a kid, at my, there's a third grade teacher at my kid's school who just had a baby. And I said, um, and I'm always trying to keep my kid off the video. And I said to him, boy, wait till your kid uh, gets to that video age. He goes, yeah, I want to play every video game with him. Oh, my God. That's what I should be doing. I think about that all the time, though, like when you have to pass on beliefs and ethics, right? Yeah. So when I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, and I don't mean to just pick a buzzword sort of, uh, what was that? Uh, Who's the woman? Gore? 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 Al Gore's wife? Tipper. Tipper Gore. Yeah. Kind of like go against these sort of games. But I like that game. Now, when I'm playing that game and like I get bored and I just want to run over a woman, 
You yeah. know what I mean? In yeah, a yeah. car. And like, you know, maybe five, ten years ago it would be like, ooh, really? Now we know everybody's playing these games and these weird sort of like, it's a world where you can do anything. So, yeah. of course, you're going to do everything. Would I do that with my kids? Sometimes I go back and forth. I'm like, I turned out okay. I had violent video games. But then I'm also kind of like, it's a little weird. Yeah. Advertising works because we're stupid. You know what I mean? Like, we see idiots drinking Coca-Cola, and we go, oh, I, lo- I like a Coca-Cola. It's the package. So yeah. that, <laughs> It's the cold red can. Yeah. But then there's also something about, you know, I'm not, I'm saying I'm maybe 1% more likely to, like, pull onto the sidewalk because I've done it so many times. <laughs> I'm saying 1%. 1%. Only. 1%. I'm yeah. 99% keeping it on the road. But I started playing those games when my brain was fully formed. I don't know if you're hip to this jive. Your son's brain won't be fully formed until he's, like, 18, 19. That's where we got that age. Right. Yeah. Have you, uh, you know, I haven't played that game, but I assume there's car crashes and stuff. Lots right? of crashes. And you're driving the car crashes, you know. You can crash them. Have you ever been in a car crash? I've, uh, minor stuff. Nothing major. You? Oh, well, a minor thing. One one time, really, the fender bender where my leg hurt a little bit. But I was, uh, this is why I like to drive myself to, um, you know, gigs and or, you know, talk shows when they say, we'll send you a car. I say, no, no, that's okay. Why? Because I went um, a couple months ago out to the valley of the car service and we're driving back on the 405 and I asked the guy if he had a phone cord, you know, a charger for my phone. Yep. And he goes, sure. And he's driving it like an escalator or something. And he looks over to get the cord and the car, our car hit the center, the cement divider in the middle Ooh. and it went bam. And uh, luckily he kept control of the car, but I thought, oh my God. First of all, I don't need the phone car charger. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah. your eyes on the road. Yeah, let's and, keep and our lives drive. at 100%. I'm going to drive myself from now on, and I do. But the problem is, Kevin, Yeah. we can't guard ourselves. We can. I'm with you. I've been in the back like, what is the, what's, what's, what's it worth risking letting this lunatic? I you don't even know here. the guy. You don't know this guy. Yeah. In Venezuela, I mean, you could be kidnapped. Is here. that where you're from? I'm from Venezuela. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want some sopa? Sopa. Sopa. This is so you. Where we're uh, broadcasting from. Yeah. It's called The Meltdown? I want to talk about Car Crash, but go. Okay. No, keep going. It's um, it's so eclectic. It's such a collector's. It's comic books. And, it's fun. And it's a little... This is like the where the I would guess the manager used to, his office where he could oversee the whole store. Yeah. The, uh, we we hypothesize it looks like it used to be like a factory. Doesn't it look like it he does. should be looking out at a factory yeah. floor and we yeah, should have yeah. hard hats, but ties? Yeah. We're the guys that are wearing the hard hat and the tie. That's yeah, who yeah. you want to be. We're the white collar. Yeah, we're the white collar guys. We're doing white collar crimes. And how did you find this uh, location? This is the where the Nerdist. Have you done the Nerdist? No. Hmm. But I, I see like a couple of these buildings are the Nerdist Theater. And uh, yeah, well, the sh- have you done the show? No, Kevin. I you, live on the West Side. It's you hard do to a do. show right there. You tonight actually. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, once a week, once a month. I mean, it's once a month. Once a month. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that. What time is that show at? Tonight it's at eight o'clock. Okay, when's it done? Ten o'clock. You could maybe squeeze in and close out this show, and it's worth it. Tonight, I, I can't offer that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best show in the city. Well, I, I mean, the Laugh Factory is fine. I kind of no, no. I know, but I, well, this there's is a the, few shows that are really good. I've heard about this show before. This is the show. I'm and telling you. What about you'll the serious show? show? Is that a different that. show? What is that? The serious show? I don't, the oh, the super serious. Super show. serious show. Sure. Yeah, super serious show. Is that the Virgil? I don't know. I think so. But there's a lot of these uh, rooms around that I don't know of because, like, I'm older now and I stay home a lot. Yeah. And you know, I've done these rooms when I was coming up. And I'm a young man. I stay. I stay home a lot. But these w- rooms are worth going out for. They don't are, you love staying in? 
I do. It kind of suits you. I mean, now you're not to say that married men with children always stay in, but like you can stay in and you get points for being a good dad. But you're like, yeah. fuck it. I love sweatpants. I love oh, Netflix. Yeah. What are you, an ice cream guy? I love ice cream. Yeah, you get a big bowl of fuck off ice cream. But I've been off sugar now for um, six days. Like refined sugars. Refined sugars, You're eating yeah. glucose? Yeah. Like fruit? Yeah. Stuff like that? Yeah. That's I'm good a- for you. What, what about alcohol? I don't drink really that much. I have a glass of wine maybe once a week Nicely at the most. Done. Nicely done. Red wine? Red wine, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Is that deliberate? Is that like you're like, I'm doing the healthy one? No, it's accidental. <laughs> when I'm sleeping at night, my wife pours it in. <laughs> it's a complete accident. Yeah. So why you're off off sugar, but uh, you will drink? Will you drink an orange juice? No, I don't no. drink orange juice. But I mean, if you love no orange, no juice. fruit juice. I haven't had sodas like in five years now. Yeah, I'm off. I soda. got rid of that finally. Fuck that shit. Yeah, and um, and sugar. I'm just having a hard time with. You know, I'm just. What's addictive? They it say is it's five addictive. times more addictive. Than, did you watch Fed Up, Kevin? No, but I'd like to. What's oh, that watch about? it. Sugar? It's on, uh, I believe it's on Netflix. I- at least it's on iTunes. You got a little up. scratch. Okay. You got a little scratch? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard it called scratch in a while. You got some scratch? You got seven ninety nine to get fed up. Fed up is a documentary about how sugar is fucking terrible and it's in everything. Yeah. It's very it interesting. You will love it. But here's why I want you to watch it. I'm going to write this down. It's not, yeah, you should write it down. And it's not just because uh, you'll enjoy it. It's because you're in the middle of this thing and you will watch it and it will renew your conviction to stay off sugar. This is what I learned. Five times more addictive than cocaine. Cocaine, Kevin. Five times. Right? But then you also have that, you know, people came back from Vietnam and had a harder time kicking cigarettes than heroin. One of the problems is you can't just go to 7-Eleven and buy a pack of heroin. You know what I mean? And sugar is in fuck all everything. That's right. It's in sushi. Yeah. Sugar. It's in the rice. Yeah. Sugar's in dirt. It's in <laughs> You salty dog. I believed you. <laughs> Uh, but you eat pretty healthy, don't you? I try to. I'm the fattest, most nutritionally informed. I don't mean that I'm fat. I'm How just old kinda are like, you? Let me I'm guess. Thir- I, I heard a third. I heard a third. Are you 41? <laughs> <laughs> no, are you like 32? 36. Thank 36. you, kindly. Nice compliment. I'm a, I'm a vegan. I eat a lot of plants, Kevin. I know exactly what a vegan is. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm not like a bread vegan. You I've know bread veg- vegans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a vegetarian for... <laughs> <laughs> I guess about 30, 30 years. 30 years. <laughs> I've, been a, I've been a vegan for... T- <laughs> I've been a... I've had my driver's license since... Let's see, for... Let's see now. Ten times five. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> That's funny because I've been in... I've, I moved to LA. What was, it was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see I've had sex um, let's see there's a girl in a love book and a nice um, girl with a teacher <laughs> the guy that has to Boy. work it out verbally yeah <laughs> uh, what were we talking but, about yeah, vegetarian, vegetarian. Right, vegetarian. <laughs> uh, but vegan is hard because um, what, is, what is it you love the ice cream well, you're off sugar, but you love milk. I'm not here to. I'm by not the way. crazy about. I could have like uh, you know, I could have the almond milk or the rice cream. Any any but fat. You need a fat. You got to have a fat. Maybe the uh, avocado, the good fat. That's what I'm saying. But like one of the things that being vegan taught me is that like you can make ice cream out of like cashew because you just need something to bind the sugar and the and the flavor together. Yeah. So you need fat. So we use milk. 
because that's just like what we do. Yeah, it's a lot of sugar in there. And then, well, yeah, it's mostly sugar. That's why it's so delicious, even if it's vegan. And it gives you bad breath. What, milk does? According to my son. Milk? Yeah. Just dairy in general? Yeah, I think so, in your mouth. You yeah. know what I had for dinner last night? Well, you know, bad breath just smells like yogurt. Yeah. It does. It does, yeah. Like you're you right. kind of like somebody smelled somebody's bad breath and was like, I'm going to make a dish that's white and goopy and t- tastes like this. And someone said, Dan and you fool. <laughs> Chibani, you got to hear this. Chibani, come here. <laughs> Listen to what Dan just said. <laughs> um, so you are a vegetarian. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good. How long have you been a vegan? Uh, I was a fleegan for a long time, meaning uh, I'll eat like a cookie a child hands me is the example yeah, yeah. I would often give. And any philosophy in my life, I like to hold on to somewhat loosely, which sounds like horseshit. It just sounds like I want to eat bacon sometimes. But I believe in not being too hard on yourself yeah. in general. Yeah, or other people. Or other know. people. I never judge other people what they eat. Yeah, it'll get you nowhere. Because so they'll be dead soon. Yeah, well, I'll be dead. Ray Romano on this podcast said, 100 years, all new people. I said, I think it all the time. 100 years, all new people. Not necessarily. Well, your son is people probably going to live to 150. People are living longer now. No fooling. My grandmother lived to be 101. Well, your son is going to probably, if he needs it, have like tiny robots clean out his arteries and stuff. Probably. We're almost there. There's a chance you will. There's a chance that your son will upload his consciousness in a way that we back up our phones and we're like, you didn't sync your phone? Yeah, yeah. You didn't sync your consciousness? That's going to be crazy. And just so normal to him in the way that like my great-grandmother would be so confused that you can just like download everything instantly. I used to give my grandmother um, – I got her a, um, a VCR so she, she could record <laughs> me on SNL you know, because she couldn't stay up could that late. Could she set it? Yeah, she'd have to set it. I got her – I found her the simplest – DV, you know, uh, it was almost condescending. It, was a, it wasn't even a DVR. It yeah, it was like, you know, what do you call it? A video recorder. Yeah. And uh, it was just, all it had was like three buttons on yep. it. One and says I, record yeah. Kevin on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> and then it came with a little remote, you know, very small remote. And um, I put tape over all the buttons that she wasn't supposed to push. Yeah. You know, I wrote out the instructions. The doomsday button. And she lived up in Maine. And whenever we'd go up there, we'd rent videotapes from the local store because there's nothing else to do. And we'd watch videos on, yeah. her, on the VHS machine. Very sweet, by the way. Yeah. And then we left, and she calls me like a week later. She said, Kevin, I think you forgot to return one of your uh, VHS tapes to the video store. I said, oh, which one was it, Graham? She looks like, well, there's no name on here. It says Sony, and there's a lot of tape on it. I said, no, Graham, that's the, um, that's the remote for the, DV- for the uh, video recorder. That's not a tape. She that's thought not- it was a tape. Yeah. She thought it was a tape. I thought it, she was just sitting at home watching a blank tape, being like, this snow movie is invigorating. <laughs> what is this, The Grey? No. That's very sweet. Where was she in Maine? Because my uh, ex-wife was... was from Maine. Oh, really? And they had a great video store, VHS video store, and that's where I saw Steve Martin live. They had this great stand-up comedy section, like stuff you can't find. Jerry Seinfeld oh, Confidential. you saw the tape live. Yeah, yeah the tape. I didn't see Steve. He wasn't performing in the back. No, no, no. That would have been amazing. But there was a video. What what city was it? Very. It was. uh, It was near Oakland, Maine. Oakland. 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 That's in California. Yeah, Oakland, Maine, where Dr. Dre and and Snoop Dogg are from. Well, my grandmother's (laughs) from uh, southern uh, southern Maine, called Kittery, just over the New Hampshire border. Yeah, Yeah. you're from the East Coast. No, you're from St. Louis. No, Connecticut. Oh, you born in in St. Louis? I'm sorry, I read your Wikipedia page. You born in St. Louis, but you went to Connecticut. I'm from Boston. Okay. I lost okay. my virginity in Rhode Island. I went to school in, uh, in outside of Boston. I'm trying to think of New Hampshire. Bought my uh, fireworks. Oh, up in New Hampshire? Yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, New Bought Hampshire. In... Pibbity. You go to Pibbity outside of uh, Boston? Pibbity? 
Yeah. Bebe 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 Swamp Squad. You know, I, I haven't been to Swamp Squad in what was it? Was it? It's got to rest that DUI. Trying for landmarks. Yeah. God, I was in Chicago. I think it was 2001. That was another one of them. The Trade Center. Tragic. Doctor, how long do you think this will take for me to recover from the surgery? Let's see. Uh, blood clots. Uh, could get a blood clot. Um, maybe insurance now. Why is that? Well, that, that kind of goes back to you driving yourself, right? Yeah. You can prevent, but the, like on like long enough, you driving yourself, you're going to have a moment where you're looking for something. Well, yeah, yeah. You're going to be the guy. I was on the 405 a couple two years ago with mm. my wife and my kid. My wife. My wife. <laughs> and we were. Uh, we were just past the Wilshire uh, exit. Wilshire. Wilshire. And um, a truck came over into my lane, and another car hit the truck Ooh. behind me. And somehow it was like a Star Wars thing, like a, a galactical uh, a, a explosion. And I was right in the no. middle of it, and I was waiting for our car to get hit. And I gunned it, and I got out of it, and everything else exploded behind me. Shut the dick. <laughs> Is that real? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 escaped unscathed. Did you throw it into a lower gear? Because if no, I were no, filming no. this, you'd throw it in a <laughs> yeah, low yeah. gear and we go, no, this get out of here. <laughs> I did put my helmet on, though, <laughs> before I gunned it. But um, so you—that's a dad fantasy. You, you uh, saved the day. It was—I don't know how that happened. It must have just been by centimeters that they missed us. Yikes! And we just skedaddled out of there. We caused it, but you know, uh, <laughs> we got out all right. Well, you're allowed to keep moving. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's enough witnesses behind. Witnesses is, is a behind thing. Yeah. The winners get to go home. You won the race of the accident, and you get to go home. I did. You you should get. A and trophy. there'll be more. There'll be more down the road. Literally down the road. So, Pete, you... What did you do that day? You had a brush with mortality. I don't remember. With your family. I, I don't remember where did we're it, going. Do you, remember, do you have moments, maybe not that, that snap you into a, like, what am I so worried about? I'm here! That's a good point. Yeah? I will tell you, and this is the honest to God's truth, I was driving back from Malibu on the 101, 10 years ago, maybe, and... I was I never had this feeling before, but I looked down one of those like, you know, through those mountains on the left side I was heading toward Los Angeles. I don't know if it was the light or what, but I became so happy. Mm. It's almost like I saw a piece of heaven or something. Mm. And I just got a little like splash of it. And I've never been so happy and secure. Whew. And uh and um never got it back again. Triggered by something visual though. I think it was visual. It was a light. It was visual. Maybe the, the angle my head was at. Yeah. Everything came together. Yeah. I get that. And that's what they're trying to recreate in those Coke commercials. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then show you crack, crack open a Coke. But I understand. I think it's really interesting, the things. For me, it's words. It's remembering beautiful things, beautiful stories. Certainly, Scrapes with Death will do it. Most people, if they have like a very turbulent plane ride... That day, they'll, they'll eat an ice cream sundae and they'll taste every flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to all of us, really, this is a Ram Dass line. You know Ram Dass? Yeah. He talks about being up to your eyeballs and just like, I love that line, just stuck in the like, oh, I gotta, where are we? You know, like, yeah. I gotta get to the, I gotta pick up. Yeah. And like, it's all, it's all nothing. Yeah. It's all nothing. But there's a beautiful way to see that it's all nothing. And maybe like a weird car wreck, maybe that day the adrenaline wears off. And maybe you did, we're in like a, a nice place. Who knows? Yeah. 
I love that Malibu story. I feel there's like also there. um, the idea of um, <clears throat> the joy that you experience after something tough, like when you lose your car keys mm-hmm. and you really need them and you're looking, you can't find them for like two hours or maybe a day. <laughs> and then when you find them, the joy <laughs> of having that. And you couldn't experience that joy without all that frustration of not I'll, having them. I know you're going to know what I'm talking about, but I'm excited to watch you agree. The bad shows are so important because then you do the good show. Yeah. Like it creates the need. That's the I not guess. being able to find your car keys. I wouldn't know about that, but. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I know what you mean. We're always trying to avoid suffering and loss and discomfort. But Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan friar, uh, talked about like suffering is the only way sometimes you can, you'll be made to listen. Let me back up just a minute here. Yeah. Vegan Ram Das, the friar. What are you? What are you? What is your what life have you about? Stepped into. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get into the... what? What put you in all this direction? Well, well, <laughs> well. Were you ever close to becoming a priest? Or yeah, a, I was close to becoming were? a youth pastor. Look at my face. Pa- oh yeah, you play that. You'd be good casted like that. I know. I'm always trying to tell my agents, I'm like, youth pastor, do, like divorced dad, or like new stepdad. Yeah. Like in the in the Liar Liar, I could have played the guy that was trying to get Jim Carrey's wife. Oh, yeah. Like, I got the claw! You yeah. know, like I'm not good at it. Yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> but there's a warmth. You're kind of rooting for me. Yeah. But you also want to see Jim Carrey defeat me. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. No, I'm interested in that sort of stuff, meaning of life stuff. That's how we always end the show. We can talk about it whenever. Oh, you we do end the show that way? Okay. It, it turns into, as a, Zach Galifianakis called it, a Godcast. We always talk about the yeah. meaning of life. But I'm, I, f- forget like some sort of metaphysical meaning of life. I am interested in those things that put you, for lack of a better term, in the moment, like your Malibu moment. And you know what? <clears throat> for all the thinking you do on that, you'll never have an answer. Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, that's why we call it mystery. And that's why it's, it's an unwinnable game, which is what makes it compelling to me. Right. You know what I mean? We'll never slice a moment like that open and count the carbon and count the iron and count the electrons or whatever. There's no way to guarantee its manufacture, but it was sneaking up on you on a ride. Are you spiritual? Yeah. I mean, do you believe in ghosts? Kevin, look, I never ask oh people gosh. if they believe in ghosts. I wrote, I'm going to ask Kevin if he believes in ghosts. Oh, wow. I'm holding up my notepad right now. Does that say ghosts or goats? This is, <laughs> I want to know if you believe, I don't in, believe goats. in goats. <laughs> Do you believe in goats? What if there's some farmers that tell goat stories? Yeah. You want to tell goat stories? Let's sit around the... Uh, let's sit around the uh... You ate my golden arm. Not bad. Uh, but look, that's Kevin Neal and ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? No, I don't. That's one. That's I don't. one disappointment. I'm just kidding. Well, let me tell you why. Tell me why. Well, like I said, my grandmother lives in uh, Kittery, Maine. Still alive? No. No. Dead. She's a ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, and it's an th- over 300-year-old house. It's an old stagecoach stop. Yep. It's called the Colon- Colonial Inn. My ex-wife's house in uh, Oakland, Maine was like built in like the 14, 1500s or something. How long were you married? Uh, six years. Six years. Yeah, 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 six? yeah, yeah. And how long were you going out before? Uh, how long was I going out? It must have been like we dated for about a year year and a half um but that house a couple things built in the 1500s i'm pretty sure and had wow. a how had a stone for the masons that built it like that they put in the name was holmes the are person you, that built that her are house you shut up <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't fuck with me, fella. That seems wow. fun. Where is Oakland? It's near uh, Augusta. Augusta. And that's inland. Uh, it's near Portland. Oh, Portland. Portland, Augusta. Oh, okay. Oakland. It's okay. near, there's a college there. I want to say. Is it University of Illinois? University of Illinois uh, oh. Kittery. <laughs> University of Phoenix. They're everywhere. <laughs> and they picked Phoenix to pretend to be. That's the biggest campus I've ever seen. Be the University of like Rome. I know. <laughs> you picked Phoenix. You're not even a thing. All right. So, so anyway, your grandma is in a house. And all the, so, no, the, I don't let me force that story. It's a, <laughs> It's Supposedly, a three, it's a three hundred year old house. Three hundred year old. It used to be a stagecoach stop, so it's an, it was an inn. It's three stories. Oh, there you go. That's a good ingredient yeah. for a ghost story. A Apparently, lot of um, in and outs. The barmaid in the saloon was uh, trying to break up a fight, a knife fight, and she got stabbed. And they oh. threw her body down one of the water closets. You know, there was wells in each closet at the time, and they covered it up. And every full moon, she's supposed to rise. And my mother used to wait up for her to come up in a rocking chair, but she never came up. When you bring in the lunar cycle, I start going like, why? Why, why would the, the ghost be like, ah, fuck, I got to... Well, how else are they going to see? Is it a full... Whoa, well, we got moon. electricity. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Every full moon we see her. She may be there every night, but it's only on the full moon that we get, catch a glimpse. Yeah. But she waited up and didn't see her. But we hear stories of phenomena. I would believe it if I saw it. There you but go. But I haven't seen it yet. Would you like to? It, Have you ever had this moment where you're like you're feeling very fearless and you're in some sort of old place and you're like, just show yourself. Just just show yourself. Just I just want to see. I want to see. That. I do that on dates mostly. <laughs> just take it out. Just take out yeah. one one tit. One one ghost tit. Why do you say ghost tit? You're old. Uh, but it would be, you know, people say that ghosts would be affirming to the idea that there's something else. Yeah, that yeah. there's an essence or whatever. I, I find that pretty dull. I think that uh, that it's it's more of one of those kind of vonnegut kind of all of time is happening at once, and and we get these glimpses into other dimensions. Now I sound like a real loon, but I'm saying instead of seeing somebody that died that's coming back or never left, maybe we're just seeing you know they're they're going about their. their Here's day. why I don't believe it. My son watches Scooby Doo. Yeah, and it's always somebody else in the costume. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, the funny thing is when you see ghosts, you also see their clothes. You yep. wouldn't see their clothes, would you? Unless they were just existing in their world. That's a, that's a pretty valid point. Like, why, were there, why is there a, a haunted vest? Yeah, and why wouldn't they have more stylish clothes instead of the old, you know? Oh, you want them to go shopping? Yeah. Like a montage? There's got to be ghost mall somewhere. He puts a hat on and it falls through his body. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought it would be funny. Uh, I wanted to write a movie about the haunted mansion in Disney World, and someone dies in it, and they haunt the haunted mansion. So it's a real ghost am- amongst all these fake ghosts. I like that. I, I wrote it. it you exists. did write it? Yeah. But a long time ago when I was no good. See, I want to write a script, but I don't live close to a Starbucks. That's my problem. That's a great one-liner. <laughs> hey, um, that's really. Do nice. you write a lot of uh, screenplays now? No, uh, no, it's hard. It's long and hard. I, I, write, I write a lot of sh- uh, half hours. Half I like hours. that format. For for what? For myself. Oh, specs they call spec them. scripts. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any luck with that? Well, I'm trying to sell a show right now. Yeah. Is it about a haunted house? It's about a guy who dies in the haunted house in, in <sighs> Disney World. You know what the name of that movie was? Mm-mm. Haunt Ed. That's how you know Haunt it. Was bad. His name was Ed. Haunt Ed. It's not a good title. I like that. You like the title? I do. I wrote a script once. Um... It was for Jack Black. Jack, if you're oh. listening. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I think it'd be a good. I wrote a script once for me and uh, and Chris Farley. Yeah, the Farls. John, you know John Henson? 
John Henson. He used to uh, host Talk Soup. What if I thought you? Oh yeah, John yeah. Henson. Anyway, uh, we wrote this together, and it was you called, wrote it with John Henson. Yeah, it was called Cupidity. Cupidity. And, and uh, Farley was going to be Cupid. I buy it. I bought it. Yeah. I have a briefcase full of cash. You bought it? I wrote down ghost and I have a briefcase full of cash. That's a great idea. Yeah. Chris Farley's Cupid. Was it was it kind of a Beverly Hills ninja for the kids or was it more No, it Tommy was more Boy of a romantic comedy. Yeah. A guy who has to go back to the real world and um make amends with the girl he screwed over and help her find somebody. Go back because he died? Yeah, he died. And he goes back as Cupid? No, no. Cupid's something different. Cupid sends him back. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's got to he's got to you know find somebody for this girl. But in the third with. act, Cupid is at some point he Farley shows puts up. On, shows up. Yeah, puts on the wings. He's got the wings. In the Does diaper. he get to put on the wings? Can I give you one note? Farley yeah. should put on the wings. No, he already has the wings. He's Cupid. Farley is Cupid. Yeah. Oh, who's the guy? You go back. That would have been me at the time. Well done. Yeah. So I have to. I'm very selfish, and I have to hook up this girl. I get three arrows. I have to shoot the girl for him to fall in love with. Yeah, and the first one I just want to get it done, so I go see a Laker game, you know, and have my time on Earth before Valentine's Day arrives. I have to do this before Valentine's oh, Day. That's your pumpkin. Yeah. So the first girl is, you know, she's like um, crack whore, sea whore. Yeah. Just want to shoot her, get it done with. So he's she's like stalking him now. <laughs> crack whores. Yeah. Um, so, so you shoot a, a crack person? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who. Oh, I have to guess. I guess I have to uh, fix this guy up with somebody. I forget who the guy was. It's been a long time since we wrote this. Let's say it's Dave Chappelle. Okay, it's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it's Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. And um, and then the next girl is pretty. And then the next girl I go to shoot. Oh, that's what it is. The next girl I go to shoot. It's my ex. Oh. And I misfire and I hit a cab driver. Oh no. And then this cab driver's in love with the guy. So now I have to help. This guy fall in love with my ex girlfriend, get rid of my selfishness, the, just the normal way, the natural way, without arrows. Uh huh. It was good. The old fashioned way. The old fashioned way. The older, older fashioned way. Yeah. Because Cupid's pretty old fashioned. Yeah, he is. Why? Uh, why didn't that happen? You want me? Well, to get, we we I'll actually get you a meeting at Montecito. We we sold it to Revolution Studios. I gave you a meeting at Revolution Studios. You did? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then is this is this a sad one? And then, oh, you know what? It was a Sandler production, actually. Uh, True Revolution Ma- Studios. What was this coming called? Happy Madison. Happy Madison. Yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. And you know it was a Western. That's what it was. It wasn't Cupidity. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't arrows. It was a gun, and I was uh, yeah. winning duels. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, you did sell it, and then it didn't. Yeah. Nobody made Cupidity. I've sold um, two movies huh? that I wrote or co-wrote. How much cash are we talking? Not a lot of cash. Yeah, I'm surprised the amount of work. I think we split maybe twenty thousand. That's not a lot of money. No, for a lot of work. A lot of work. And then if we you broke it down by the hour. You're, you're doing pretty bad. Yeah, poor, very poor. Very poorly. Poorly. Whom is doing poorly? Whom is we? We is. <laughs> we is doing poorly. And then uh, let's see. I wrote a movie with Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel and Dana Carvey called Hans and Franz: The Girly Man Dilemma. <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger co-producing it and co-starring in it. No way. Uh, for Sony, as yeah. himself. Yeah, and then uh, is he the villain? No, no, he was our cousin <laughs> that we we're going to try to hook up with on the West Coast. It started off in Little Austria in New York. You take the uh, Roosevelt tramway to get to Little Austria. It's all black and white. Yeah, it's a music. It was a musical, actually. <laughs> the movie was a musical. Yeah, yep. you shut your dick every day. <laughs> uh, but he got cold feet after Last Action Hero, I guess, or some other films. Yeah, he w- rather Schwartzy. Yeah, Schwartzy. He got cold feet. If I remember correctly, or maybe he just had other films he'd prefer to do. You know, these big uh, movie stars, they have Hard like five know. on the deck, that, and then they pick you know whatever yeah, they want. Yeah, that's a weird movie. So that's on a shelf, too. I pick cereals to munch on. 
You see, those are the decisions. But you're an actor too, right? Oh, you're, you're kind, not just you're a writer. Kind, you you're an em- actor. You got empathy, Kevin. You're a good man. <laughs> no, you do. You, you, no, I do acting. Yeah, I have. I yeah. What I have like you to- seen you in? Ooh. What have you seen, man? <laughs> it's two seasons, two seasons of Parks and Rec. I was cut out. I was cut out of the movie Her. Her? I really? Got, yeah. What were you in that? I Him? Was, <laughs> that is the riff yeah. of the century. Would you tell a Farley story because he's, he passed yeah. away and he's so great? But before I forget, I want to see that movie about that girl, the the, the computer girl. Her. The robot. That's no. Who? No, it's El Machino or something like that. El Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to say. It's supposed to be dope. Yeah. Kids are kids say dope. Do they still say what that? What you would mean is a marijuana cigarette. I mean, that looks good. No, I would mean dumb. Dope. A dope. Yeah, a dope. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so what do you want to know? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, you know. Farley, first of all, you know, I didn't hang out with him as much as Spade did and those guys. Yeah. Um, but. Did you try to? And Spade was really sarcastic about the. Spade notion. was very protective. And, <laughs> was he? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was always enveloping him in. A but cape. you know, I knew Farley like most other people know him as kind of big jovial guy, you know, and kind of out of control and yeah. uh, likes to throw his body around. But did you feel that f- that that sort of fear? I don't say that callously. I, I have friends in my life that I'm like, this guy's fucking crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? And and then you see them out, especially if they're not sober people, and then you can be like, oh, I, I hope this doesn't go that way. Yeah, I, he could not get <clears throat> constantly trying to get laughs yeah. off stage. You know, I guess for acceptance and approval. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a therapist or a doctor well, or a high wire act. Did you read the Chris Farley story? You were no, probably in it. Didn't read it. Well, it talks a lot about it. He says people like people love it when fatty falls down. Was something he always oh, used really? to say. So it, it spoke to that ache. You know what I mean? That that inkling. Here's the thing. You know, there's a lot of these <laughs> books out on SNL. And I've never read any of them, or about Farley, or you know Phil, because I I think I've it would be boring to me because I think I know I've been there, you yeah, know, I've seen it, yeah. Um, I I, I was reading the original uh, SNL book because I was living in a house in the Hollywood Hills, live from New York, yeah. Um, and Dana Carvey was up for the show, and he was renting a room over the garage in the house we lived in because he would come down from San Francisco often. And so I hung, was hanging out with him a little bit. We'd run around the reservoir and, you know, just jam on ideas. And, and I had two other comics living with me in the house. <clears throat> you don't know them. And, um, <laughs> and then uh, Spade subletted. Well, first of all, <clears throat> excuse me, I was dating Jan Hooks at the time. This is the summer that Dana got on the show. We all got on the show. Mm-hmm. And I was happy for them. I was reading Backstage Live, Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and thinking how great it was going to be if they got on the show. And then Dana recommends me to get on the show, to Lorne. You know, they need one more cast member. So they, I sent in my tapes, and they flew me in. I auditioned, never think I would get it. You know, I just thought it was a free trip to New York. Cause, yeah. you know, I was going with the Groundlings and you're, Second City people. You you're know? eating a cat's sandwich during your audition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing a Statue of Liberty t-shirt. Yeah. That is great. Studio 8H. Not <laughs> <laughs> smaller in person. <laughs> Taking pictures. Yeah. What did you do for your audition? Was it stand-up, or did you do characters? Um, I just did a lot of my stand-up. Did and, you use uh, a mic or no? hands-free? No, because they were sitting really close. That's got and be um, and it wasn't even on the stage. I mean, I was just standing on the floor at the end of. I remember this at the end of the bleachers, and there was a camera set up at the end of the bleachers, and the existing surviving cast members from the year before, and then the new ones they had at this point were sitting in the bleachers. So watching, it, yeah, it was Dana and Dennis Miller and Nora Dunn, A. Whitney Brown, I think John Lovitz, no way, Lorne Michaels, 
And um, and I was just doing my audition. What did you open with? Do you remember? <clears throat> I don't remember. But I was thank God they didn't show it in that forty year reunion thing because they showed some of the uh, auditions. I'm sure it was great. It had it had to be like a bright eyed Malibu sun kind of guy. I was doing some of my stand up and some of the characters that Dane and I used to kind of jam with in, the, in our driveway. Right? You know, did like, you just do Franz? Are you Hans or Franz? Excuse me. I was Franz. Did you just? No, do no, Franz? that wasn't. That didn't exist. At <laughs> were this you point. like if uh, Dana were here, he'd say you should do his part. <laughs> I know he's sitting over there right now, but if he were here, it is weird that an ensemble show. I guess there isn't another way to do it, but an ensemble show. You know, you're doing these things with people. Obviously, yeah. You have to feed no, Aristotle we'll can feed that meter. Okay, I figured you'd have somebody here that would make a run. Yeah. But you know what? I'm still good for another, uh, you know, 15 minutes, I think. Do you want to keep my hands? Um, 10 minutes, maybe, go? What kind of car is it? We'll, we'll edit it out. It's, uh, it's a um, Stars Tours bus. <laughs> I told him I'd be about an hour and a half. <laughs> so here you are doing your Just stuff. Put some gas in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing your thing. What I'm saying is it's funny that some a lot of the things you did obviously were with other people. And the, and the joke yeah. of them is you're doing this character and then other people are feeding you, you situations and stuff. But when you audition for SNL, you just go up by yourself. Yeah. You that's go kinda, by yourself. That's got to be hard. Well, it wasn't hard for me because I knew I would never get it. That's like I great. said, it was just a free trip to New York. And <laughs> you know, here's some of my stuff I do. You know. Were you not nervous? I was not nervous. You were not nervous. I don't remember being nervous. I, I believe you. And then, um, so two weeks later, he offered me the job. And uh, Al Michaels, Al, Al Michaels, Lauren M. <laughs> yeah, and I said um, he called you. No, he came out to L.A. And Free I met, trip to L.A. <laughs> I remember I met with Brad Gray, who was my kind of pseudo manager at the time. Mm. Hip pocket. He, yeah, yep. Yeah, but then once I was offered this job, he agreed full to pocket. be my full pocket <laughs> manager. Yeah. <laughs> and you met with he met he he talked about an hour about the show and how he's going to revamp it and get it back on track and and uh, more music ex- less comedy <laughs> two music guests more commercials <laughs> he excused himself to go to the restroom and i was in the office with brad gray who was also managing him. I don't think I knew that at the time. No, yeah. shut the baloney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brad said, you know, we all think, tell him we'll think about it over the weekend, you know, and get back to him. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Why don't we just take it? Well, you know, there's, still, you know, there's no reason to rush into it. He likes you, you know. Okay, so Lauren comes back. It was almost like staged out, you know. And he comes back and he goes, so what do you think? I said, I'm looking at Brad. I said, well, let, let me uh, think about it over the weekend. And uh, he goes, well, you think about it over the weekend, and we'll see you in New York on Monday. I said, okay. <laughs> That's fun and good. Oh, yeah, he good. knew. He knew. Who Come would... on. But a lot of people have, uh, you know. People have turned it down. Turned it down. Yeah. That's a strange. Well, it's a six-year commitment. Um, Back in the day, maybe it was a six-week commitment. I don't yeah, know. I don't know what, what the commitment but now was. It's and it wasn't a lot of money either. It's a six-year contract. And I still, I don't think it's a ton of dough. It's not like Mike and Molly dough. No. Big Bang dough. That's true. It's a little bit ragtag. No, it's 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 very low. Yeah. So you're you're getting the money and and he knew you were going to take it though. We've said this on the show before. It's like getting into Harvard. You kind of have to go. You do. But a lot of people, you know who some who of the people it down? who yeah, turned hit it down? It, hit it. Unabomber? <laughs> um I don't know who turned it down. But I I, I well, there, let's see, there, there was, was a, a, a let's okay. see I had Tom Arnold. I know people that auditioned that didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like some of the – they did that on the 40 years. Some of the great people. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, you didn't let like Jim Jason Carrey. Alley or Jim yeah. Carrey. You didn't let Jim Carrey onto the yeah, show. No. <laughs> I, you know, this is a weird question. He's so good on it. I wonder if he's uh, 
exactly right. It's almost like I kind of like the way he went outside of us. I don't know where I'm getting that impulse, but I'm following it. Who, Lauren? No, Jim Carrey. He's right about right. What? I'm saying Jim Carrey existing outside of SNL oh, yeah. and finding it that way seemed made so much sense. It made so much sense for him to be the standout guy. On I think everything car. happens for a reason. Is it that really right? It really does, yeah. I, when I first came out to Hollywood, I came very close to getting a, a big TV show. Which you know, I went back for like five callbacks, and they kept saying, we're not getting any closer than this. This is, um, this is good, good. We'll, um, what we'll was talk it called? to you soon. Oh, is that the punchline? It was, it's not a punchline. Cheers. But, yeah, it was Cheers. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Sam Malone. For cheers. Everybody get your dick out. Is that real? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess cheers. I you wrote did. ghost. We're having one of those days, baby. <laughs> wow, synchronicity. <laughs> coast to coast. <clears throat> but, you know, had I gotten that show, it may not have gone as long. And uh, I would never would have gotten that. You've been a great Sam Malone. Is this where I find out you're pulling my leg? No, I swear to God. You know, and over the years, I started thinking, maybe I'm just, you know, recreating a past that didn't really happen you know as time goes by i'm thinking maybe i didn't get that close and, yeah and then i ran into jim burroughs who directed it. he was one of the creators on it yeah co- co-executive producers and uh he was doing a, a seminar somewhere and i i went happened to walk by and i saw him in there i went in there and he saw me he goes kevin and i hadn't seen him since then mm. even though he's directed a lot of shows and we reminisced about it and how, how close you yeah. got to yeah. sammy malone yeah get out you alcoholic former pitcher. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They thought I was from Boston, ah. but I was from Connecticut. Is but for Ted, some reason, Teddy they thought, Dan's from Boston? I don't think so. It's not like the guy has an accent. But that's why they kind of like, I think that's why initially they were thinking, oh, this guy's from Boston. He played football because originally the character uh, was an ex-football player. Oh. So I had played football in college and I was from, you know, Conne- the East Coast. Yeah. And they thought, this is... Uh, this is the guy we're looking for. Football, uh, I like it better as baseball. Yeah, I do Maybe too. You do too. There's something about it. And also I found out that the, uh, the original bar wasn't going to be in Boston. No. It was going to be um, in Barstow on the way out to Vegas. So they thought a lot of people that were on their you know, way to Vegas would uh, stop in. Colorful characters. Yeah. Like a classic pitch. Mm-hmm. And then we have the winners coming in, mm-hmm. and we got the losers <laughs> going out. We got the we entertainers. We got the entertainers coming out, oh, stopping yeah. in. Oh, you know. yeah. It was a little bit unbelievable that it was always like, Sinatra's stopping by (laughs) Cheers. I love that show. What a great show. So this reminds me of old Dave Coulier, who was going to be on SNL. He, the, the way he tells it, oh, I'm I surprised I didn't bring this up with old Dana Carvey, but I forgot until you mentioned it. Uh, Dave Coulier said he was going to uh, do SNL. It was looking like he was going to get it. And then he took Full House. That's oh, the really? story he tells. And then he goes, uh, or, or like, no, I'm sorry. He didn't get it because Dana got it. I believe that's the story he tells. They were like, oh. we already have kind of like a wacky voice guy. Yeah. And he was like, oh, fuck, real bummed out. Then he got Full House. Yeah, see, it always works out. What, what's supposed to happen happens. I agree. It's like a lot of these big films, you know, with these. I, I was just hearing recently about Gravity. Who was supposed to be in it? Oh, Robert um, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Initially Jr. Initially was up for the George Clooney part. I, I get that. He's got the gift of gab. Yeah, I think, cool. I, I think if that's what I remember, I think I heard that on a, an interview. That's completely believable. Yeah. Any of the Clooney parts could have been, you know, Interchangeable, Robert Downey yeah, Jr., yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt, Jim Carrey, yeah. You meet Clooney? We played basketball together at the Y in New York when he hosted SNL. Is that right? You ever yeah. lean into him real good? Uh, you know what? Him <laughs> he and... He looks tough. He, he and Dave Duchovny. Him and Dave Duchovny? He, he and Dave Duchovny. Clooney and David Duchovny. Yeah. <clears throat> are both good basketball players. Yeah. But with minimal, to me it seems, minimal effort on the court, 
but they get a lot. They get the ball around and they have good shots in yeah. the past. They're like the smart basketball players from you know whatever Princeton. I think Duchovny went to and Clooney. I don't know where he went, but Santa Monica Community College. But you know, <laughs> University um, of Phoenix. <laughs> but they're really you know they're they're facile. They know where everybody is on the court, and that's you know uh, Farley was uh, a good basketball player too, Chris Farley. I believe it, and I was always uh, in admiration of these people that are fat. Yeah. That are light on their feet. If you did read these books, there's about a third of any book about Farley is about how he wasn't fat, that it was all muscle under a thin sheen of fat. Now, if you saw Chippendale's Dancers, that sketch, <laughs> you would know that it's all fat. <laughs> no, but his legs, his legs were muscular. <laughs> and, well, people like Sharna Halper, and I remember his quote as being like, he dropped and did 30 push-ups and it was amazing and he didn't <laughs> even break a sweat. I'm like, oh, he can be fat and tough. And it's strong, okay. Yeah. Like, the fat, strong guy was the only strong guy we had up until, like, 1980. Yeah, I think you got to be – you have to have a good sense of balance when you're heavy because you're carrying a lot of weight. He's always know? doing yoga. He's always balancing, like, kind of an oblong thing. He's, Not even teasing. He's always been, like, um, you know, like, on skates. Yeah, that's right. And dancing, you know, doing pirouettes and stuff. How hard uh, – that's an obvious – I'm going to ask an obvious question. Okay. How hard was it not to laugh during that sketch? I never broke character on that show. Never. Is that right? Yeah. You never, never fallon it? Never. Never, uh, never once fallon Never. Uh, Sandler? The guys? Sandler? Sanchez. Did Sandler do it? Oh, uh, Horatio. Yeah. yeah, Horatio. You never sands no, it? No. Never did that. But what I did came you close. Do? What did you do? Like, what do you Not do? Not to do it? Do you think about your own mortality? Do you think no, about how think we're all molecules? It's all fear. You know, Lauren was not a, um, a, a he, he thought that was hack to, to break laugh. character and laugh. It was very Carol Burnett. Yes. And he thought that, and it's true. It's it's if the if the written material is not getting laughs, yeah, it becomes an easy thing to do. Which I think some of those people started doing after a while. They would yeah. just go because they knew it would get a laugh. Well, you're talking to a guy who I, I did a talk show after Conan. I don't know if you know that. And uh, I I often laugh at my own material. And I will also I did I'll I like it, but I understand what Lauren was trying to do. Right. He's trying to be like. Let's, uh, let's, like some of the jokes they made about him on 40, they were like, it got a laugh, but I don't know if it got the right kind of laugh. Yeah, yeah. I understand. He's trying to apply a, uh, a character and an, a, a dignity to comedy that, uh, I feel like this generation, the one we're in right now, is, is that like Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, sort of like, let's giggle, who cares? We all know that this is show business. We all know I'm a guy trying to remember my lines, like, fuck it, we all die, I'm gonna giggle. <laughs> Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. As opposed to giving it any sort of I don't think it's shame. bad on a talk show host, as a talk show host, to laugh at your own stuff. But when it's a written sketch that some, you know, some writers yeah. toiled with all week mm. you know, to get it just right, and then you kind of uh, implode on it, yeah. it's kind of frustrating. You know? So you were afraid of Lorny Mikes. You were I afraid of getting yelled at I, um, or fired. Well, I, I knew I wouldn't get fired, but you, know, you, you wouldn't fired. be in your good graces. You wouldn't be considered like, you know, um, a good, good... Um, Actor. Right. You know, comic actor. You wouldn't be good at your job. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, in the long run, it doesn't make a difference. But what was your technique? So here's, all, here's Chris Farley pr- probably trying to make you laugh. I mean, wasn't that – I feel like that's – No, he's trying to make the audience laugh. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, and, now, and now I'm thinking about this Chippendale sketch. Every time I looked at him, I'd almost laugh. I had to look down at my clipboard because I was one of the judges. Yeah. And um, what I did was to um, not break up is I would – Focus on his stretch marks on his belly. Interesting. And just make little designs out of it, you know, in my head. Brilliant. But that sketch with Patrick Swayze, Chris Farley, Jan Hooks, Mike Myers, and myself, me, the only surviving one. Some of those people are alive. Who? 
Mike Myers. Is oh, but he's from Canada. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, Mike is still around. Uh, but but um, but it was uh, it was interesting though. That that's the closest I ever came to. To uh, breaking, laughing, yeah, yeah. God, it's got to be hard. Uh, I, I I read a lot of SNL books. I read Jay Moore's book. Did you? Were you ever with Jay Moore? Yeah. Um, he talked about uh, Farley doing one of the uh, one of the Matt Foley's and really getting in his face, and him almost having a panic attack. He had a Klonopin yeah, in his he, hand. Yeah, I knew he was having those. It's. I, I mean, yeah. it is a, a pretty hard thing, and, and SNL seems to take itself very seriously. Oh yeah. I when was, I'm, every yeah. time I've been there, I'm like very intimidated. Even the brass of Thirty Rock, you're like, "What is this? Is this like ancient Rome? Like, what are we doing? Know, yeah. It's a silly comedy show, and I have all this respect for it, but it scares you, and it's got to scare a young man such as yourself." <laughs> Take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> but uh, you did know, you de- deal with that? <clears throat> for me, you know, when I luckily when I came on, it, it, it the show had almost been canceled the year before. That was the year with Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. And so we weren't sure it, it wasn't going to be canceled when we came on. So we were living out of our suitcase each week. And mm. each week we go, so we're going to do another one? Okay, we'll do another one. Okay. And then the next week, really? I'm going to do another one? Okay. And that went on for about a year. Oh, my God. And so for me not to um, flip out and think about you know, the large-scaleness of you know, SNL, I would um, – I was a stand-up, so I was used to. First of all, I was used to like having people in the audience, you know, like right. h- however many people are in there, to perform in front of them, and then the cameras between me and the audience, and it's live. And I'm thinking, no one's. First of all, no one's really watching the show anymore. The ratings were so low the year before. That's how I psyched myself out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, no one's going to be watching. I think that all the time. I go, yeah. nobody's watching. No one's this. watching. And then I remember right before I went out, the first sketch I did was a sketch called Mr. Subliminal. Yes, you know. And so it's like two two conversations going on at once in your head, you know. So it's kind of a little complicated, and I'm getting ready to go on. Get one. It is complicated. And we're coming back from commercial, and just before uh, seconds before we're back, Lauren puts his arm around me. This is my first sketch ever. Puts his arm around me and goes, "Are you sure this is what you want?" Shut everybody's <laughs> face. Are you sure this is what he was you being want? Funny. That's great. Yeah. That's really funny. But. Um, and then, and then, but you know, Jenny Slate, who's a wonderful friend uh, and one of the funniest episodes of this podcast ever. You know, she said the fuck word on the air, and there's all these things. There's this, there's this built up pressure, like don't, don't screw it up, don't screw it up, don't laugh, don't not be funny is terrible. How how hard are people when a guest host sucks? I think a dick? that was. I think that you know. Now that you mentioned that, I think that was part of my problem. I think looking back when I see some reruns, I look very kind of serious and stiff. Hmm. You know. I think if I was having more fun, like maybe Dana yeah. or Farley, it would have been funnier. Yeah. I, I'm not agreeing with that. I'm hearing you. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to think that I yeah. think that you're stiff. I don't no. have that memory. That's interesting. But I, I, it, takes a, it takes those kind of bright bur- – although Dana's a very uh, t- like inward, introverted, kind of shy guy. Then he got out there and, and you know, lit it up. Do you- yeah, Jan Hooks was the same way. She had severe stage fright. Really? And I would have to hold her on Friday nights and just reassure her and stay with her for a long time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And then she would just kill it. She would just, like, 
where did that come from? You know, <laughs> but then that kind of goes back to my theory about the bad show leading to the good, informing the good show, and not being able to find your keys, making it so much better when you do yeah. find your keys, and pain oh, yeah. informing love and beauty and all that sort of stuff. So when we know the stakes are high, and when we're just the right amount of afraid, my uh, therapist, Doctor Gary Penn, whose book is available now, uh, <laughs> says it's like anxiety is like a bell. Do you have a therapist? You got yeah, Doctor Gary? How Penn. often do you go? Once a week. Why? I love it. Keep the windows and doors. What unlocked. would happen if you didn't go? I'll tell you, uh, I just had this. I, I, I haven't been in a couple of weeks because I've been touring. And I'm like, I'm fine. And that's fine. And sometimes I just cancel because I don't, I don't uh, feel like I need it. And I'm not trying to put down my mother. But then I'll have a phone call with my mother. And I'm like, I have to go back to therapy. Oh, wow. And I'm really, I would say that if she were here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I, just like yeah. family. I went to one when I was um, going through my divorce. There you go. Because I was totally at loss. And then it got to a point where I'd said everything to her. You know, over the weeks, the in the months, and we were just kind of going around in circles again. Yeah, and here I am talking about this same thing. Well, going yeah, back to Ramdas is is his, you know he started in uh, in therapy and that sort of psychiatry, and he was like, they don't want you to get well. No, you know what I mean? Like the idea is built in that you go forever. That's why people go to cognitive therapy. You know, behavioral. Be, they'll see a behaviorist. They'll uh, go hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. My hypnotherapy. I went to hypnotherapy as well. They're like, oh, you're done. We're no more. You know what I mean? Come back when you feel like you need it. But, you know, talk therapy, the nature of it is you go every week. Also divorced. When did you get divorced? <laughs> I got divorced, um, I don't oh, know, 15 years. Uh, I, I got uh, 25 years. The lawsuit, um, cheating. Lawyer took 35%, half of everything. This was back in 2001, around there. Tell me what happened. When did you meet her? My was, ex-wife? Yeah. Oh, uh, I met her. Um, there was a writer's strike. And, you know. The recent one? The one uh, about 20 years ago. Okay, not the recent one. No. And I was in New York on SNL. And, um, so I you're had, killing it. Huh? You're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. That's why I'm always interested in the killing it. When, when you're up, when your chips are high, the decisions we make. Because I, I decided, if I'm going to interrupt you, I'm so sorry, but I think no, we'll right. inform what you're going to say. I decided that I would move upstate. I was living in uh, Brooklyn with my wife. And then I started like really starting putting it together. And that just meant – What were you doing at the time? Stand up. Oh, okay. But like finally I was doing VH1, 500 bucks a week you yeah. know, to do these talking head shows. And then I was going on the road making $1,000 a gig doing these colleges. Huge money. Huge money to me. Still is. That's good money. And, uh, and then in that sort of killing it place, my wife from Maine was like, I really want to live upstate or I want to live somewhere green. And I was like, let's do it. And now I'm always very wary of major life choices when you're killing it. Yeah. I have friends that get engaged. She wasn't happy. Yeah. I mean, the whole time she wasn't happy. I, I know that now. Yeah. But I didn't know that. She thought maybe a change of location would make her happy. No. My wife, the weirdest thing my ex ever said to me was that she knew she was going to cheat on me. <laughs> like oh, when we got really? married. Because I was even more sweet. You're picking up on my dad like sweetness. I was even more sweet. I had absolutely no grit. So she was like, I'll marry this guy because he's good for me, but I'm gonna, I'm, it's going to go yeah. sideways. Who goes in knowing that? I, I, I should have gotten mad. I should have been like, you knew? Because like, that's fucking crazy. So anyway, I'm just interested. So you're doing well. You're Kevin Neal. Well, you know, I'm, I'm on SNL, and um, I was dating a really sweet girl in New York City. Yep. Where'd you meet Beautiful. her? Beautiful. I met her at the Catch Rising Star. Hey, at the Catch. There's a hostess there. Um, the catch. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. And the, I mean, it's the kind of girl that you could not take your eyes off of when yeah. you looked at her. You're like, oh, I can't. 
I just can't take my eyes off her. Yeah. What color hair? Brown. I'm just She's gonna, from Texas. Okay. Uh, I got a lot of upgrades happening in my mind. Yeah. Making her look kind of Texas-y, mm-hmm. brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big full lips before collagen. Yeah. Real. Yeah. yeah. Real lips. Yeah. Gorgeous. Um, just a little bit of a beard. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a Texas. Before electrolysis. <laughs> JK Texas. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, and she was very sweet and nice. And then there was the what writer's strike. What was your strike. first date? What was it? Yeah. How'd you ask her out? You killed it. Oh, I asked her to a Sting concert. Um, I think at Madison Square Garden. No fooling. Yeah. Did, did you have sweet ticks? Pardon me? Did you have sweet ticks? Yeah, ticks? I did have sweet ticks. Yeah. <laughs> I got them from a deer. <laughs> and um, she. Um, so you go to the concert? She. Um, I just, you know, oh, no, casually, she, I didn't even know she was dating anybody, you know? Yeah, you're young. Uh, but apparently she was. And she went and broke up with the guy. Shut everyone. <laughs> Shut all shut the cover. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> she broke up with the fella for the keel, the yeah, kneeling. Yeah, she did. She wanted some of that kneel meal. Yeah. And, you know, it's on SNL. So. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we started dating and we were dating for six months. And then I went back. I came out to L.A., you know, to check on my car during the writer's strike in my apartment. Yep. I was renting an apartment with a buddy of mine. And um, I did a gig at Igby's that used to be in West L.A. And sh- I met her there. On the patio afterwards. She came. She came. Yep. And I just, whatever was going on with that girl back in New York, there was a lot more happening with this girl in my head, you know, in my heart. And we talked for like hours. And then... Uh, I'm a little bit confused. You, you met her at Catch. You asked I met her to the, I met the, the girl in New York at Catch. Yep. We went to see Sting. Yep. We were dating. Dating for six months. I left her in New York to go back home. Yep. Because I kept the place out in LA. Right. Check on my car. I'm doing a couple of gigs here, Eggbees. Yep. I go down there and meet another woman. I meet another woman. Oh, a second who woman. Who became my wife. Ah, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. I was all invested in Beard Woman. No. So you got to understand the girl in New York, smoking. very sweet, smoking, yeah. very kind and everything. Yeah, you know? good person. Good person. And I don't want to, I'm so in love with the girl I met out here. I. I have to break it off with the other girl. So I'm you not... come out and meet this stunning woman. Stunning. This is L.A. woman. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I cared about the girl. I do care about her in New York. But this girl, this is, and I only have one life. And I, and I, and I don't want to hurt somebody. <laughs> so you did Igby. She was at the show? Yeah, she came to the show. It was, that's a long story, but she kind of had a plan. She wanted to meet you. Yeah. She knew. She knew me. She knew of you. Yeah, she knew of me. And she was like, I like that kneeling, kneeling. Yeah. And I yeah. want to get some of it in me. Yeah. And the- <laughs> so her friend, uh, who I kind of knew a little bit from the Comedy Magic Club, kind of arranged the whole thing. Shot everything. In a sense. Um, so you meet her and, and you're immediately struck. When does that happen? I know. I will say that my current girlfriend had a feeling that we were going to date. She yeah. like knew of my work and she was like – she actually stopped – consuming my work because she was like I, I'll, I'll find out in person it sounds kind of creepy yeah. if I knew that going in wait a minute but I was totally happy I thought I was happy yeah. you know and then I meet this girl and I thought this is the girl I want to spend the rest of my life with she, yeah. she's everything that I didn't realize that was missing from the other girl you what know? was it was it was it, it was I think more enthusiasm Ooh. and you know direction in life and, yeah. and oh, so kind she, of she was kind of a little bit driven she had a purpose at the time I thought that yeah yeah. I hear that, man. So I go, um, because I'm who I am, I'm not going to strain the other girl along. Because you're a class. And I want to make things you know, right. So Last I go act. back to New York, and I'm terrified. I'm, 
You're going in person. I'm going, in, I'm going to New York to break up with this girl. I'm going back. I make this joke where you know you're going to break up with somebody and you put it in your calendar. Yeah. Hurt Linda all day. <laughs> yeah. You allow the entire totally. day to hurt Linda. Totally. It's terrible. So, it's, it's someone you care about. You care about. And you have a knife behind your back. Yeah. And you're like, hi, oh, L.A. You have to make a little small talk. L.A. was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know that everybody loves her. Yeah. And once oh. we're, we're apart, she's going to become fair game and everybody's yeah. going to oh. tear her. You know? Oh, yeah, you got to put that. And through. so I call her. I get to my apartment. She lives across this park from me. I call her up and I said, uh, she goes, how was your trip? She's all upbeat and everything. I oh. said, it was good, but you know, you know, you know, we need to talk. Can I tell you, did you try and kind of... This is something I've done before a phone kind of breakup or arranging a breakup is you try and sound like something's a little bit wrong. It sounds crazy, but you want to forecast to the person. Yeah. You can't be like, hey, baby, yeah, yeah. hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So you got to like, I'm going to try and do my real sad voice. I'm going to do it for real. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes like I'm on yeah, the phone yeah. with you. Will you say hello? Yeah. Hello? Hey. Not bad. Hey, what's up? I hear in your voice something's wrong. Um, no, things are good. You sound like stressed out and stuff. Are you okay, uh, baby? I don't know. I'm a little tired. I, can, can we can we talk in person? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? What, what happened? <laughs> I lost it. I started doing comedy voice. It well, that's exactly what I did. It was that's, too real. I called her. I said, "Can I meet you in Central Park?" She goes. There was a pause. She goes, "What? Why?" I goes, "I just I need to talk to you about something." Another pause. See this? I call the window where they can say, "Just do it over the phone." She said that. That was the next thing. Tell me over the phone. I like this one. I said, I think I might have hinted. I tipped it a little bit. She goes, I'll meet you in the park by the baseball diamond. I was like a sobbing baby the whole time. I was just, I was so, it was kind of narcissistic too because I felt bad for her because she wasn't getting me, you know. <laughs> that's <laughs> basically. Very, that's very vulnerable. And, um, and it got to the point where she goes, will you just, you know, shape up and just stop stop with the crying and you know really <laughs> yes. she said pull it together yeah get it together but you were doing the you were I was, I was it. just like if i trying cry. to be the solid guy and tell yeah. her the truth and you know i'm human and i didn't mean for this to happen and it happened and and i told her and she didn't want to let it go and she was know. like let's give it another shot she, yeah i mean she didn't and that's why i liked her in the first place i guess because of how but anyway so you know i married the Optimistic. girl i met in la and then we got did divorced. she try to give you the sex? Baseball diamond? No, did not a baseball diamond. I did get the first base, though. <laughs> the ingredients no, were there. No. I saw them hanging, and I was like, I don't know, I know. if I can do this. Yeah. And you did it. Did. So you stood your ground. Did you? I, because I was thinking to myself, you're thinking I, I about the other once. Woman. I live once. Yeah. And this is a magical moment that this woman I met. It's a Malibu know, moment. It's, I, you know, she, I, I'm so intrigued by her and taken by her. I'm not going to let this get away. Yeah. And I'm not going to play two at once either, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're a goddamn American. But to this day, the girl that I broke up with, I saw her, I don't know, 10 years ago. She thanked me because she said, you taught me that I deserve a good person. Oh, shut everything. Because I was the first good person in her life. Oh, that's great. See? So, uh, I thought ending. she was kind of shiving you. Like, that's what I thought at first, too. Yeah. But no, no then she was she... saying, I think that's really interesting, man. That's one of the things relationships can teach you, even if they fail. Yeah. I don't think that's a failure at all. In fact, my girlfriend says all the time, she says, just because something ends doesn't mean it was a failure. That's, that's right. Even with a divorce, you say, well, we had a lot of good years. That's right. You know? and, and you learn something. And, and one of the most valuable things you can learn is how to love yourself. I'm sorry to yeah. preach, but it's true. 
One of my favorite uh, Tony Robbins, as cheesy as he is, talks about when you're single, you should do the things that you would do if you had a girlfriend. Like, fuck. <laughs> no, but like, I, I realized I was waiting to have a girlfriend to go to a nice restaurant or waiting to have a girlfriend to get a massage was a big mm-hmm. one. I was like, that's a girlfriend activity. And I was like, fuck that. Go with a friend. Go alone. It doesn't matter. Like, love, love yourself. And, and learning that you deserve yeah. love. And when you're with somebody that's like smoking hot, you're like, oh, I guess I, I, I can deserve a, a lovely person or like a good person like like you were i think that's a great great thing so you meet uh the person on the patio of this comic club, yeah. the woman who is gunning for you mm-hmm. the woman that was like i want that kneeling yeah so you go back to la and you're like i did it baby i did it yeah i, I heard i heard her bad yeah <laughs> i heard the girl bad yeah and um and i'll you know i'll, I'll never forget what i did but what i'm getting here is you know what i want and then she said, did you move in together quickly? <laughs> um, I think so. Did it get serious? Like yeah. Serious yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you were crazy about her. Yeah, I think we did it a year and then we got What married. did she do? What was her profession? She was a stunt woman. You dated yeah. Lucy Lawless. No. <laughs> but, you know, it's great dating a stunt woman because I went to drop her off after a day. I wouldn't have to stop the car. Stop the car. She'd fall out. You know? <laughs> she was in the biz. Like, she kind of knew the ins and outs, and you probably enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't a major stunt woman. She would do, like, ride in the car when they drove fast, you know, and things uh, like that. Small yeah. stunts. Yeah. And she was also into um, designing stuff, you know, like clothing lines and Creative. stuff. Creative. Yeah. And then, so but you know what? Had in same with you. Had this not happened to me, if I didn't go through this, I mean, with the with the divorce, it's horrible because you know you're. I mean, like I said, I had to get therapy, and I was you know really distraught. And but had that not happened, I would not have met my current wife, and not have the eight year old that I have now. That That's I'm, right. You know, is the center of my life. Right. These things that we live in such a either or world, but it's really a both and world. And I blame it all on Cheers. <laughs> you should have been. <laughs> Sam oh, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, Diane. Yeah. <laughs> Diane, <laughs> can I meet you in the back for no reason just because yeah. we need to change it up? <laughs> I did run into um, Diane. Yeah. And the Palisades. That's another one of those. What's her name? It's it's uh, it's one of those names. People are yelling at their iPods right now. <laughs> it's like Le- Shirley, Leslie, Shirley... Uh, it's one of those, like, this is one of those names that people are going to I can't you. believe. Shelly Long. Shelly Long. Yep. Long. You knew. You knew? <laughs> I know. I want you to. Let's see. It's not Shelly. It's not Shelly. I can't believe it. Yeah. But I told her uh, that, too. Her? She goes, oh, you would have been a good fan. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. What else is she going to say, though? Exactly. I couldn't see it. Then she moonwalks yeah. out of the room. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you break up with uh, Catch a Rising Star. You move in with it. When did you get engaged? engaged. Quickly? Um, I'd say about a year. That's about me. Yeah. And then... Uh, oh, and so, you know, my plan was to get engaged and then, you know, not really have to make set a date for a while. Because I don't think any guy really wants to get married right away. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you wanted to po- postpone. At the time, I thought that. Yeah. yeah. When you and can't so, stop, delay. Yeah. I thought, let's get engaged and then I'll have some time, you know, on my hands. But we got in, I was looking for a place to get engaged and, you know, we went to, down to uh, Amish country <laughs> And I was visualizing in my head some nice, you know, patio, and yeah, and then that didn't work, and then we ended up in Martha's Vineyard. So you have the ring in your pocket, and you're on yeah. a, uh, some sort of shitty manure-smelling yeah. porch, and you're yeah. like, "This isn't right." It's not right. So then we shot up to Martha's Vineyard, and I found a place there, and and then I got engaged, and then I woke up in the middle of the night, and I see the bathroom light on. We're staying in a B and B, and she's on the floor making out the wedding list. <laughs> 
who's coming to the wedding? Oh my! That's. I feel that a woman's attitude towards getting married and a wedding in general is indicative. Can be indicative. Yeah, but they deserve it. They deserve to get married right away if they want to. You know. I understand, but that crazy uh, enthusiasm, like I want to be Ariel from The Little Mermaid and my daddy's going to be Poseidon. He's going to be Poseidon himself. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is the color of the gloves I'll wear. Like I, I, I'm kind of like if that's at the top of the list of your priorities, like who's coming and gifts and stuff, that, that makes my dick soft. But that's what girls think from when they're a little girl, you know? They 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 want that beautiful wedding, you know, with the Some do. I feel like that's a dying breed and it should die off. The <laughs> ones that are like, "It's my magic day." Like, have a good day. You're talking to somebody who's had a wedding. Have a good day. Invite the people you want to be there. Have it be beautiful. The thing that's going to like cement the relationship and really give it a feeling of something happened is the vows, is the toasts, is the beautiful mm-hmm. pledging of love. People love to get their love tanks refueled by watching other people fill up theirs. You know what I mean? So do that. Like I, I like these days, people have weddings where nobody, there are no vows, and it's just a party or whatever. That's horse shit. You know what I mean? In India, yeah. they get married for three days, but it's not about. Uh, the colors and the money. Like, I've been to these gaudy weddings where every centerpiece is made out of, like, Fabergé eggs and edible pineapple leaves and all this shit. <laughs> like, fuck it, man. And I don't... I, I, I'm going to say, I don't trust a, a lady that's, like, we're going hard. Kanye's going to be they there. They say the bigger the wedding, the shorter the marriage. Is that, is that yeah, a saying? That is a saying. What I did on my second marriage was we just went off to Italy, me and her. Just her and I. Kevin, her and home. That's what I'm talking about. Romance. Where's Rome. romance? Rome. Rome, Rome, <laughs> ants. Where's romance? But I, I just lost my earphones. I was so loud I lost my own earphones. What happened? Um, yeah. Sorry, I got emphatic. Oh, there, there they are. Go. The idea. Uh, yep. Yeah, nope. That's good. Thank you, subtle. Um, subtle. Aristotle. His oh, name's subtle. Aristotle. I like subtle for a name. Settle. Settle. That way you're calling him and also telling him what you want. Yeah. Which is like fucking calm down. Yeah. What's your son's name? Gable. Gable. Not bad. Not bad. Not a bad name. Different. Not too crazy. Not Appalish. Not too different. And it's got an East Coast feel. House of Seven. House of Seven. Clark of... (laughs) 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 And what is he about? Oh, wait. I want to know why you got... (laughs) Why do you get divorced? We grew apart. (laughs) (laughs) Who's I... I know these are personal things, so I'll, I'll tell you my wife... Like I said, it was a, it was she knew she was going to get out. Yeah. Strange, we made it six years. The thing that makes it tragic was that I was into it. I, yeah, I, I liked it. Me too. I didn't. It was one of those like uh, I've written the scene for many things or, or thought about it, which is like I'm the one that's like, no, I, I just want to keep this going. I have yeah. no problems, and that's what makes it kind of funny. Is this other person that's kind of like yeah. I'm not totally getting not what happy. I need. <laughs> like I, I thought as long as I was kind. Sweet, kind of like your first girlfriend, yeah. the the hostess. Uh-huh. As long as I was like good and kind and nice, and we never fought, and uh, you know that that meant you were a good husband. Now I realize that that that's not opening up life to somebody. No. Some, they need a challenge. Yeah, a challenge is okay. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you novelty and complexity. Challenge sounds like we need to be like you know withholding or something. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Tell no. me what's worked for you. So the first one, what, what went sideways? Did she, my wife fucked somebody else, a small Italian man named Rocco. 
That's true. He was a boxer named Rocky. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So she was fucking Rocco on the sly for a couple months. And then I found out, and and then uh, she, the one great thing that she had, she did for me, and I, I sincerely mean this, was she had made up her mind. She she wasn't like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's crazy. Yeah. She was just like, I, I'm she leaving. We're out of here. I'm in love with this guy named Rock. <laughs> she said that. Well, I knew Rock. She goes, I want to meet you in Central Park. Uh, by the diamond. <laughs> yeah. If I have that, I hope I never break up with my girlfriend. But if I do, I'm going to do it. Will you marry this Park. girl? My current one? Yeah. I would love to. I, I feel like we're already married. How many years now? It's been two years. Two years. Yeah. She's great. Do you want kids? We talk about that all the time. But you're not answering me. <laughs> we talk about that all the time. Well, you know, her brother is having a baby today, actually. Oh, really? My girlfriend is currently driving to see her brother. She's going to be an aunt. In... Because they're inducing. Otherwise, the baby will be so strong, it'll Hulk smash the vagina. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're inducing it today. Uh, 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 where would it be? I guess it's Bakersfield. I want to say Bakersfield. Beautiful up there. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> if you wait till you can afford it, you'll never uh, go. So, uh, so she. But one of the things I said to her was, "I'm glad we're not having a kid today." That's all. It, it wasn't like I never want kids, and she understood what I meant. Yeah, you're making the face like maybe she didn't like that. No, why? Um, oh, I thought maybe that was a breathing through your teeth. Oh, I thought that's what she was going to say. I no, thought. no, no. My my uh, my lady Valerie is a is a wonderful person, and she she I feel very seen. Like if I say I'm glad we're not having a baby today, she's not going to like passive aggressively chop uh, green onions, and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, just what you said earlier was just <laughs> makes me feel so afraid. Like, if she felt that way, she would tell me right away. How old is she? Has she been married before? No. Well, I, yes, she has been. Yes, she has. What happened? What happened? They grew apart. <laughs> no, I really think they did uh, grow. I can't really speak to her uh, divorce. I'll speak to mine. Yeah. Is that we grew apart and then she fucked a small man named Rocco. And he's real muscly. Are too. they still together? Yeah, I think so. Well, so. I think they have two kids. They're, oh, really? Yeah, they had what kids, the kids right names? away. Uh, Taco. Balboa. Taco. <laughs> Balboa and Taco are yeah. the two children. Sometimes I, 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 you know, kind of maliciously fantasize about her life, and she's got these two, like, little, oh, mama, like, running around. I don't mean to be. Uh, yeah, are you curious about what she's doing now? Do you ever look her up? She's got no online presence. No one. Never presence. saw her. You never ran into her. Have never. Well, yeah, I'm out here, and we're not in the same circles anymore. She you, wanted uh, to like her fantasy. My fantasy was like show business. In fact, yeah. one of my I, recurring dreams is very embarrassing. Is the SNL curtain call? You know, I'm 36. I, I don't vie for that any longer. But I've always had that dream. Like I'm like I love show business. Her dream is like I want to run in the woods and I see a deer. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't understand that. Yeah. I got on SNL when I was 34, I think. What What'd your wife do? <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, 34. And then I and then I remember there, there was the old guy was on the show, Phil Hartman. Everybody's Philly Hartman. Talking about the old guy. Is that what and they call him? He was 36. Yeah. No, yeah. he was 36. I think so they called him the old yeah. guy. Yeah, it was the old guy. I'd be the old guy. Like I hadn't met him yet, and they said, "Oh, did you meet Phil?" No, I haven't. He goes, "Oh, he's uh, he's like the old guy. He's the older guy. He's like 36." Oh, because know. he can play like 46, 50, like <laughs> wigs. We can all have wigs. Yeah. But you put a gray wig on Fallon when he was on the show. It looks yeah. stupid. Yeah. You give it to to Phil. Yeah. Brilliant. It's real. So why what what grew apart? She was there infidelity. This sounds like there was a lawsuit. <laughs> There was a lot of things like between uh, my family and her and, you know. What do you mean? Where do you bury the gold? <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it, well, I don't want to get into it, but a lot of it was like, um, you know, just, just differences and, and background and, 
you hmm. know, like she was a vegan. Is that true? She wanted everybody to be a vegan. Is that true? Yeah. So she was like a proselytizing vegan. Yeah. And, um, and other things too. I were you a we vegan used, when you were with her? Yeah. Bold. For a while. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I, I get tired of, you know, just, it's always, is there chicken stock in the soup? I mean, I still ask that, but I mean, is that, what kind of, is there cheese in that? Is, yeah. You know, what kind of, is it fake cheese? Is it, you know. <laughs> you is know? it a fake cheese? Oh, they got a really good cheese now at, um, you know, uh, Real Food Daily. You got to get this real, it's, a, it's melts. This cheese can melt. It's fake cheese. And, you know. <laughs> I love a good fake cheese. Yeah. Uh, so she was a little bit militant and vegan, and but it just seems like you realized you weren't right for each other. Like you started kind of arguing. Eventually, yeah. Kind of being like, shut up. I want to eat this cheese. It wasn't so much arguing with me. It was about other things. Family. I, I had a at the time. I was told I had a problem with saying no to people. Yeah. You know, and so um, that created a lot of, uh, you know, putting other people before her or our oh. family. You know? That sounds like some good so therapy that's work. Some of, like you some of it, yeah. Made it a little fault. Yeah. But she wanted out, and you didn't. Um, I did want out. Oh. Yeah. But so it was mutual. Yeah. This just got really personal. <laughs> it, uh, I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off. Uh, off, yeah. off mic. You can. <laughs> you so can. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it is interesting. Something that my, my therapist, Dr. Gary Penn. You know, I just don't want to. I don't want oh. to, you know, um, speak of it, you know, because it's, it's, I, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm still that guy. I feel bad about the girl in New York. Yeah, you know, I understand. I, no matter what went on in our marriage, I feel bad that it didn't work out. You're Although I'm happy now. Yeah, I don't want to badmouth her. You yeah, know, and, and uh, but you know, it takes two in a marriage for it to fall apart. For sure, I will say that. Yes, I completely understand. I, I realize how I was complicit in my. I, I thought I was just the sweetie that yeah, got, yeah. that got cheated on, and I right. was like, no. I mean, there's yeah, something that led to that. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't cheat on the guy that is fantastic, and then also you realize that everyone's human. Everybody has, you know, uh, faults and weaknesses yeah. Yeah. and, and um, you know, that could have been you. That could have happened to you. Yeah, that's right. You know, you could have been the one. That I say it all the time. If you were to make a movie from my wife's perspective, you'd be like cheering. I should <laughs> yeah. start sucking that big old dick and you'd be like, yeah, get out, sweetheart. He'll understand. Suck a couple of balls. <laughs> And that's a weird experiment to see things from another person's perspective. It is. It is. <laughs> but it's just... it! He'll heal! And I did heal. And I'm great. I'm really glad that I'm... Re- I, I would actually pinpoint my divorce as the thing. The be- I know people... It sounds like such a lie. But it really is the best thing that ever happened to me. And when it does finally... When you finally accept that it's happening... Yeah. And you're going to do it, it's a, such a relief. A yeah. huge weight off your back. Yeah. yeah. Where you finally, you know, you're you're going in a direction that's, you know, that you know of, and yeah. you're not just faltering and flailing back and forth and not right. sure what you're doing, and right, you know. What were you like when you first got to work? I, I like was sad, obviously. I was crying in voices that I never heard come out. It was like the devil coming out of me. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Loud and like Robert Durst burps, yeah. just coming out involuntarily. <laughs> yeah. That so you were devastated, sad. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Want, wanted to work. Oh yeah. And Ooh. all everybody around us thought I yeah. thought you guys would be married forever. You were the yeah. golden couple. Yeah. Isn't it great when it's the golden couple? Yeah. I was the golden couple to a lot of people. We let a lot of people down, I'd say. Isn't it funny? Team marriage suffers. It's like mm-hmm. the stock of fidelity goes down yeah. because of you. You fucked it up. 
<laughs> right. Is that, that's how they, they make you feel. Who was there for you at that time? Uh, the good Lord. The good Lord. <laughs> the good Lord above. I just remember no. when, when I got divorced, the people that came, not out of the woodwork, they were there, but those friends that really stood up. Did you have good people in your life? Yeah, like with any breakup, I had friends that were um, – it depended on what I needed, and that's who I would call. I yeah. had some friends with tough love. It's like a staff. That I would call, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I wanted just sympathy, like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. At a certain, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Sarah Silver in, in one of my relationships. She was such a great uh, – she was one, oh, baby, oh, you know, it's yeah. too bad. You She's know, very man. sweet. Yeah, very uh, compassionate and stuff. And then I had other people that were just – Come on, man. You just got to move on. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. Just, just, you know? just move on. <laughs> move on, Kevin. You got to move on. <laughs> I lost the Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you wallow in it for as long as you can. Yeah. And it feels good after a while just to wallow in it. You know? But what is your vice? Mine was booze. I would booze it up. Booze? No. Yeah, I boozed it. You don't seem like a booze felon. You're, not, you're on a show that uh, openly promotes a, a harmful substance to minors. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100% a joke. Uh, what, but, you know, talking to people and therapy. I got therapy. That helped Well, you a got lot. your therapy. Like twice a week. Uh, and, but you didn't have any, like, food? Jerking it? I didn't it? gain a lot of weight. No. Whoring it up? Did you whore it up? No, didn't even whore it up. Sleep? I slept a lot. A lot of sleep. Depressed. I was staying in bed. Yeah. Medicine? No. Really? No. I would travel. Travel? Travel. What are you, the healthiest man in the world? Mm. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> to Paraguay. <laughs> I got to me in a, in a chair just uh, like drinking alone. No, you know, I would exercise too. You know, I'd take it out in the you gym. You are and... an asshole. That is a magic thing to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I was, I was older too. It wasn't like I was How a 25-year-old. I was, oh, um, yeah. I don't I was... know, 30, I don't know, 7, 38. No, <laughs> I, I see. I was 28. Yeah, and I had never done. I had my rump spring. I was thinking of uh, Amish. Like I, yeah. I had never really been off the leash. So then I was like, Oh no! Not that my wife nagged me, but I was like, My bender looked like Chinese food every day and alcohol all the time. <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, No. Did you gain one, weight? I did. I gained a lot of weight. I get. So, yeah. So you always want the ex to kind of see you like in three or four months and think, Yeah, oh, man, I he's know. Good, he's good looking. What do I do? You do know? like cock pull ups. But instead, of, <laughs> instead, like, oh, this, look at that fat slob. Yeah, I know. I but right she's got thing. no online presence, so she didn't see me. No. But then, you know, it's funny that you say that because then I, at my fattest, which is my first Conan, I was 285. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. What year was that? That was uh, 2000. Well, I was, I, was, I was 31, so it was 31. five years ago. Wow, you dropped a lot of weight. And then a year later, I did it again, and I was 225. Like, I got, I lost a lot. Of, now I'm around 250 again. I'd really rather be back. You're 250? Two, yeah, I'd rather be down into the 230s. I'm 6'6". Six, six. Wow. Yeah. It's hard to lose weight as you get older. That's what I'm finding. Yeah. And I have this thing on my hand, just like an inflamed tendon, because I'm dying. Holy smokes, what is that? Yeah, it's weird, right? What is it? It's just a, you can feel it. It's just, like, you have this. Mine's just, like, gorged. One doctor said it was Duptian's contracture, which would really fucking scare me because that means this finger is getting pulled in slowly. Yeah. And then one person said that it was like just kind of like a, a swelling. Does it affect your fingers? It looks like it's pulling on your fingers. Yeah, it does look like it is. But, you know, this one is the exact same. And then you have blood coming out of your nose right now, too. What's that? <laughs> I smell burning hair. Is everything okay? It is a weird thing. Like, So I'm 36, and that's not that old. But it is the age where doctors are just like, this is a Louis C.K., but he's like, yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah, like there's nothing. I'm I'm rubbing frankincense on it, know, <laughs> castor oil, heat. I went to uh, my knee locked up on me on stage back in October. I was just on stage standing there, 
I was in Atlanta, and it just kind of got stiff. No. I couldn't bend it. What? Yeah. And then I, it was painful, and I was taking like 12 Ale- uh, uh, um, you know, uh, Advil, and yeah. I had it on ice. <laughs> You're like a leave Ad- uh, No, Oxycontin. <laughs> 12 Oxycontin a night. Ice. So I, go, I come back to L.A., I go to the orthopedist, and I, you know, he x-rays it. And yeah. He goes, well, you got a little arthritis in there, but you know, not enough to make it do that. You know, maybe something floated in there, and you know. Oh, and then I said, you know, my hip flexor's been tight too. You know, can you take a look at that? Can you X-ray that. And see, and he X-rays that. He comes back. He goes, you got a lot of arthritis in your hip. Shut the. And day. I said, when you say a lot, do you mean like people with less have had hip replacements? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, Matlock levels. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so when do you think I might need? It? He goes, well, you know, if you're. To, not bothering you too much right now. It's not imminent. And um, so that was last October. This Monday, I'm getting a new hip. You shut it. Shut really? It, shut it down, baby. You're going to put in a new hip here? Yeah. The marvels. Right. The mar- I have to say, if I can employ empathy, yeah. if I'm going to get cut open somewhere, the hip isn't the hip scariest isn't place. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's good. It's Neck has got to be worse. Stay away from the head and the Neck, heart. Neck, head, heart. Yeah. yeah. Let's get in that hip. Below the hip is good. You could have like a new guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're letting we're letting Dave try. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, "Go at it, Dave." We have some students here from uh, University of Kittery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they want to watch. <laughs> well, uh, uh, God bless you. <laughs> For what it's worth, I'm making the sounds of positivity towards you and your procedure. Oh, it's going to be great. It takes less than an hour. You're going to get material from it. it. Takes less than an hour. Less than an hour. That's lens crafters. I'll be walking uh, that night. Hips crafters. Hips crafters. <laughs> That's amazing. That's Metal? Great, titanium. Titanium alloy. Yeah. You're going to you're going to be the guy that uh airports. Yep. You're yeah. going to get a special treatment. Well, I fly private, so. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet everybody thinks you are, are are a super billionaire. Oh, they do. For sure. I think. I think. Oh yeah. Did you ever go to networth.com? No. Everybody goes to that. Like everybody knows your net worth. I can find out my net worth. I'd like to know. Go, my net find worth. it out. Check it out. All right. Well, you, you do it, Scotty. They're not. I don't think they're real accurate. Yeah. You know. How could they be? I don't know. They, I think they look at your real estate, and but how do they know what kind of investments you have? But I'm not. My house isn't listed in my name. They'd have to know what the name. That's of smart. My I get fan mail coming to my house. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's. I gotta fix that. Is that weird? Yeah. Scary. Okay, so it's a, you've been so good, you've gone the full amount of time. And Have I, I really? And I applaud you. Well, it's a two-hour show. All I wanted to do was go the distance. You know, you'd be I, I It seems like you're using folly, but people do feel good when they go. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> like Judd Apatow was last week, and he was like, you can only have an hour, because he's busy, you know, <laughs> running his empire. Yeah. And then we went two hours, 20 minutes. So we've gone uh, just about the time where I bring up. Because people love talking about themselves. That's what I say. Yeah. As long as you get them kind of talking about yeah. themselves, it, it goes pretty effortless. And hopefully this is a topic that people like to talk about because this is how we end. And if you don't have anything for it, we have okay. another a sillier question. Okay. But we just talk about the meaning of life. You were raised Catholic. Where are you now? Where were you? What is this? I was, I was just listening to this Terrence McKenna lecture, right, where he was talking about science. It was very funny. He was like, science is like saying, because you have the phone book, you understand Los Angeles. And I thought that was brilliant. I was like, so you look at... You know why these proteins are bonding with this. I call it counting snowflakes. You know what I mean? We're all in the snow globe of reality. And science to me, of course, I benefit from it. I don't have to say that. You're about to get your hip replaced, so I'm very glad 
for dualistic rational thinking, which we're all saturated in. But I also do appreciate the Terrence McKenna's that are going like, no one knows what this is. No one knows what this is. Nobody knows. What is this? And some people just lose their fascination. They go, you are carbon. You are flesh. You are matter. You are this. I've broken down your DNA. And I'm still like, what is it? My yeah. friend Rob Bell points out that every seven years, everything is just completely redone in you. But your cells know to keep making Kevin. They don't yeah. start making something else. And here you are. So with that sort of framework, what do you think is going on? Meaning of life, uh, life after death? Well, I wish I had an answer for you, Pete. But, um, <laughs> you know, some of the smartest minds in the world uh, can't figure it out. Of course. You know, and there's uh, assumptions and, you know, that's why there's the religions. You know, I was raised Catholic. I was brought to church like once, you know, every Sunday by my father. My mother was Protestant, so she didn't go. Interesting. <clears throat> With my brothers and sisters. And um, he brought us until we were 18. And I, I, when I moved out here, I'd go once in a while. There was to a, a Catholic? Near my to a yeah, yeah. It was all out of guilt to go, you know. There you go. But anyway. Um, like you know, Farley. Farley used to go to Mass. Yeah. And then so many years later, now I don't go because I don't believe in organized religion. Great. You know, it's with everything that's happened. Mechanic calls know? them shell games. They're all just yeah. distractions. It's sad, but I can't, you know, it's hard to look at, you know, a priest and not think. Yeah, I understand. You know. It really does muck up the works. I think the only way to true spirituality is is not pretending you're some sort of holy father. Yeah, why be celibate? Yeah, why know? be celibate? Why, why? What does that attract? It kind of goes back to the not, I'm reminded of the don't break during showbiz thing. Yeah. It's like you're acting, you're in a scene, and priests and, and, and high church is also playing a part to me. And now I think spirituality is moving in a way, at least I see it in my own life, where it's like, no, I, I like to talk about spiritual things. But then there are also nights where I drink an entire bottle of wine. You know what I mean? And I never want to be confused for somebody that's like, I have it figured out in the name of the Santos. And the yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Fuck that shit, man. I, 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 think, I think I'll always believe in God. I believe in God now. And, and what does that mean? That means there's a higher you know, being that How? has created all this because it couldn't just create on its own. Sure. You know, where we have feelings and, and all that. But and when you say God, what are, I, I'm not putting it down. I don't know. Some I don't know what think, it is. I don't uh, know. It's not the universe. It's not you know some guy. Yeah. You know? It's, it's in, some kind of a force that something's bigger that more than we could even imagine what it is. Yeah. We, we don't have the capacity to understand what it is. Dogs trying to understand the internet. Yeah. It comes up on this. Yeah. Screen. And um, but also you know my father was an engineer and and uh, although he was religious Catholic, I think a lot of it's science. You know a lot of it's the Big Bang. Those things theory. who I think those are going to merge more and more and more and yeah, more. Yeah. And more. But any good scientist, uh, not any good scientist, but a lot of uh, subatomic guys, the guys that go, you know, real quantum stuff, string theory guys, always end with some sort of beautiful mystery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, I'm getting this from Rob Bell. He wrote about this in his book called What We Talk About When We Talk About God. And he talks about like s- splitting an atom and then you can put half of the atom in California and half of the atom in New York and you rotate it one way and it'll rotate the same way uh-huh. in California with no communication between them. They're teleporting. They're betraying all of the laws of physics. And this is you. You are. Your atoms on a sub, 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 yeah, sub, Yeah, that, that's all bullshit. But I think what... Um, <laughs> I think that... Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to idea... apply scientific mystery. No, no go I'm ahead. Kidding. I'm oh, no. kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like the idea of religion. It's, I like the idea that it's a tradition and, you know, it... it <laughs> it helps bullshit. you become a better person as you grow older because there's rules. And but um, now I was raised Catholic. I was baptized. You know, yeah. I went to as communion and confession. Yeah, I mean uh, confirmation. And and uh, my son, 
my wife is not she's spiritual but she's not no one religion she said we're not going to raise them as a catholic which was a little kind of frustrating for me because I was raised as a Catholic. I think thought just traditionally it might be nice to, for him to have that structure, you know. Yeah, so he doesn't hook up with some cult or something, you know, as he gets older, you right. know. And um, so, not no baptism, nothing. And you know, I was raised as a Catholic, so if you're not baptized, you go to hell. Apparently, right. right. So I'm, I'm I'm saying, okay, all right, that's cool. Like, so he'll study all religions, right? Because yeah, yeah, we'll expose him to all religions, Buddhism and everything, Judaism. Okay, right. and so. As he's getting, as he, now he's one, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I'll just take him out one night and have a, a priest baptize him. She doesn't need to know about it. Then he'll be saved. You That's know. so funny. Now he's two years old. I haven't done it yet. And now he's starting to talk. You know, and now he's eight. So I can't do it now because he'll go back and tell her. Some guy threw water on me and was talking ah, in Latin or something. You blew it. <laughs> yeah. You had a good five years. I had a years, chance, man. Now he's going to go to hell. <laughs> But it's interesting. You don't believe that. No. But you still have. I don't really believe it. But, you know, just in case. I understand. You know. What do you think happens when you die? Well, you know when you go under the knife? Go under the knife? Yeah. Surgery. Yeah. You know when you get knocked out? Yep. I think that's it. That's where you are. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to believe that more and more. You mean nothing? Nothing. You know, it's just like before you were born. That's what Dana Carvey said. Really? Where were you during the Renaissance? He stole that from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a very comforting thought. What do you make of like old souls and people that seem to have been around? Well, my wife thinks she's had past lives. Yeah. Like we'll go to Paris and there'll, there'll be the uh, the plaza, whatever it's called, where they did the, guillo- the guillotine. Yeah. And she goes, I felt a real connection there. I think maybe I was, you know, I was uh, decapitated here a long time ago. <laughs> I, I mean, and she's hung out there for like two hours. Right, you know? right, right. right. <laughs> I say, yeah, okay. Um, you know, I let her have that, uh, but you know, I don't personally believe that. Interesting. But you, you're clearly not mocking this. Person. No, no. I think everybody should believe what they want to believe and have the religion, and you know, that's great. And um, I think every Catholic should be a Catholic and do what they want to do. But it's for funny me, because Richard Rohr, who is Catholic, Franciscan, uh, taught me about. He it wasn't even on on mic. I don't think he was talking about the structure, giving young boys the structure that they can then later rebel from is all part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not a flaw in the system that oh, when you're 18, you're like, fuck this shit. I don't <laughs> care about this. Like, that's built into it. That it, It's just like training wheels. Yeah. You, which well, is a strange it, thing. It is, does give you food for thought. You know, it makes you think. It keeps you engaged and you know, why we're here. And, you know, and I do love the idea of a Jesus. I mean, obviously, the guy was an amazing person, right. whoever he was, right. even if he wasn't the savior. But he, um, and how many people were like that back then? You think there might have been more enlightenment? Well, wasn't everybody like standing up on a soapbox back then and uh, preaching? I don't know. Was it just him? If that was, then I would say, yeah, then he's. Uh, he's I think there I'm was, not saying he's not. There was but, something, if the story, the story is that this guy was something special. When he preached, he drew a crowd. Right, and this story was documented hundreds of years after he was born, correct? That's right, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so pretty accurate. But you see, there's the thing. Is is that the point? I, I It's really been tripping me out lately that Jesus and all these mystical guys, Buddha, teach in stories, things that aren't true. And I think it's interesting that over time they become stories, things that aren't true, because that's the point. You said it yourself. We can't even discuss these things. We don't have the part of the, our brain. It's the drive home from Malibu. That's called transcendence. You transcended. 
You forgot your ego. You forgot the bullshit. You forgot where you were going. You veered off the road. But you had this spiritual moment. And Science Mike, a great episode of this podcast, uh, spiritual guy, scientist, talked about – he's not really a scientist, but you know. He talked about when we have these experiences in this part of the brain and then we send them to the language center, it's kind of like picking up a beautiful wet stone uh, in the surf and then walking it back to your blanket and it's all dried up. Mm -hmm. Like you just lose it. But we know – that there's something going on that we call mystery. And this is a great quote. Uh, I forget who said it. I always forget the guy's name. But God is the name of the blanket we put over mystery to give it shape. So Maybe. it's not anything. It's just, it's just unknown. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, if you've ever pulled a baby out of a vagina, you Wait. know there's a God. <laughs> you know. But I do have friends that, that – I have a particular friend that says he does not believe in God. And he's, he's Jewish. And he says, there's no God. There's no God. There's no God if, if um, you know, the Holocaust could happen. There's mm. no God. I think a lot of people felt that way. Yeah. And, and they still do. And, and still do. Yeah. And maybe rightfully so. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> Always close with the Holocaust. Big I one. mean, I don't really know what to do with the, with the problem of pain. A lot of mystics would say uh, Ramdas again, says he'll visit someone dying of AIDS in the airport. Uh, at the airport. I don't know why I said at the airport. Is Ramdas still alive? He is. Where does he live? I believe he's in Hawaii. Wait a minute. Is this the guy who kind of used to be a businessman? He was a Harvard professor, took psychedelics for five years, went to India, met Maharaj, and now he's a teacher guy. He talks about visiting people in the hospital, not the airport, the hospital that are dying of AIDS. And on one hand, his heart is breaking. He has incredible empathy. And then on the other hand, he's giggling because he sees that everything is perfect, including pain. Our brain wants to separate and say that loss, pain, shame – Death. I can't represent this, by the way. I'm not attached to defending this right this now. This is all coming out of you with no pot. No <laughs> marijuana at all in your system. Your show is destructive to teenagers. <laughs> I smoked pot last night. I did yeah. a show called Getting Dug With High, and I got really high, and I still kind of feel it. I've like seen I'm, that show. Really funny. You should do it. Do you smoke the reef? No, I don't. That's funny. That's so ironic that I was on that show for is it over? eight years. Yeah, oh yeah, I ended a couple of years ago. <laughs> See what happens when you smoke pot? <laughs> You're just not current. <laughs> Well, people that take DMT, uh, dimethyltryptamine, the, the thing that's Oh, released, I know what it is. Oh, believe me. Have you done it? No. Have you done psychedelics? Never heard of it. No. I've never done it. I don't like to be out of control. Yeah. You know, I, I would drink. That was it. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a preference. But they say uh, these people and a lot of the meditators that, you know, yeah. get themselves to organically. Release. When I was breaking up in my divorce, a friend of mine suggested I go to uh, Joshua Tree and I do shrooms. Him. Oh, shrooms. Yeah. Either way. I agree with that. I think you should have So I'm it. sorry. Go ahead. You were talking about ayahuasca. They talk about the idea that, that they see these ideas that time and space, it's all an illusion that we just keep going around and around and around and around yeah, until yeah. you figure it out. I think there's something very interesting to the circle thing. I mean, that's why there is no in, end to infinity. It's a circle. That's right. You know. Yeah. Like a wedding ring. Exactly. Or an engagement ring and then she's in the bathroom planning the, the wedding ring. Or a hula hoop. <laughs> Um, what is the hardest time you've laughed? It's so hot in here. Let's get. Let's get <clears> I think on SNL once I couldn't uh, really? stay in character. No. Yeah, <laughs> um, probably with uh, Sandler on a film, we would crack up with so hard, and we, we'd have to stop production. Really? Yeah. Doing a scene or yeah. something else happened. Doing a scene, then I would break character. Really? Yeah. Do not you remember which film it was? Yes, it was the uh, the Wedding Singer. I was playing a banker. <laughs> and then also on his album, uh, it was called The uh, Farting uh, 
hypnotist. Oh, I remember yeah, that. That one we Me we and old John Apatow were actually just laughing about the farting hypnotist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were like real laughs, cut out. Just where you... And then you know what? Even on stage um, recently, I couldn't stop laughing. I, I think it's... I think once you... Um, really, it's, it's recognizing the ridiculousness of everything. The cosmic joke. And you just can't stop laughing. That's right. How is this what's happening? Do you, yeah. I know how we should end. You're going to love it. Yeah. I hope you love it. We're going to play a game called Fake... It's not really a game. Fake laugh to real laugh. We're just going to fake laugh, and if you start to real laugh, just raise your hand. Okay. Ready? <laughs> okay, ready? Be serious. <laughs> well, that's real. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start fake. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Oh. It crept in at the end. You're a better actor than me, though. Oh, man. I'm sweaty. Let's go. I can tell when someone's fake laughing because they just kind of, they walk away and their, their smile goes back to with a normal face. I understand. But when they walk away and they, they go with one of these, oh. That was a real one. And they look back at you, they're still smiling. A That's flutter. A real one, yeah. That's a real one. Although, you know, sometimes a fake laugh is okay. Like somebody will make a joke. You're meeting fans after yeah. the show and they tell you some joke. And you go, ha, <laughs> ha. It's better laugh. than yeah. a courtesy laugh. is a nicer way to put a fake laugh because it's so much better than just being like, okay. Yeah. Move along. <laughs> we raise our hands. Kevin, what a great guest. I'm so glad it worked Thank out. You, Pete. Do you feel Thanks satisfied? I feel do. Good? Would you say keep it crispy? It's just how we end. Yeah, keep it crispy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. 